Welcome to Lasso Cast. My name is John, and I would totally be down with going on a double date with uh, Sam and Rebecca. And joining me is Saida Rhodes. I would love to be on this double date with Sam and Rebecca. Well, yeah, it has to be you. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us, uh, Kenny Madison. And I mean, I can't double date because you would probably theoretically already be on the double date with Cy and John. So like, at least I could hopefully just be in the room, just kind of eating around. <laughs> and you know what? I'm satisfied with that because I'm picking up serious vibes. <laughs> uh, and also just so, some big breaking news. We have a new fourth host, a new permanent fourth host, and his name is Mo Judy Lamar. Welcome yep. back. In the building. <laughs> so excited about this four-year contract, Mo. Yeah. Happy to have you aboard. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy. It's just strange. I still haven't received the uh, the, the car that you guys are supposed to send me. Oh. Yeah, that's an, it's in the mail. It's in transit. The mail is in the mail. The car is in the mail. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, I mean, Mo, how do you feel about giving up your career in acting to, to do this podcast? Well, you know, I just felt like it, it was my calling and I had to do it. So it, it feels great. I feel really, cool. really good. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Excellent. Uh, but also joining us today uh, for the first time, long time coming. Uh, you know him as Sam, of course, Sam Obisanya on Ted Lasso. Tahib Jimmo, welcome to Lasso. Cat. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Debut day. Debut. And you're in South Africa currently. I am currently in Cape Town, South Africa, which is awesome. Getting ready to, to do some work, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing a, a different show, a non-football comedy related show. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm here till, uh, till November, which is going to be awesome. Nice. Well, that's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a lot, a lot to shoot. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's a really cool show. Funnily enough, like I've been on this show from before I started Ted Lasso. So like COVID's got in the way and it was a very long mm. show anyway. So I'm um, so yeah, now we're finally finishing it. <laughs> you know? What's the show? Are you able to say? Um, yeah, yeah. It's a show for Amazon called The Power. And uh, <gasps> it's not it's not the uh, the 50 cent one in case that's why. Yeah, um, I've got questions on this. Is this one? a book or is this yeah. not not 50 cent show your show is no, this a book turned tv show or what is it it's a book yeah so it's based on a book written by a lady called naomi alderman and um and yeah we're adapting it into a, a 10 episode tv show that we're about to finish in south africa currently but, um, but yeah it's based on a book that was written in i think it came out in 2017 uh, oh nice yeah 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 it's, uh, it's yeah a you've got a great cast super cool yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, now, before we started recording, Tahib, can you confirm that you like shooting on the power a lot more than Ted Lasso? Because <laughs> before, like you said, that Ted Lasso was not a great experience. Oh, my it was very bad. Yo, I think I might just turn this laptop off. And <laughs> yeah, this is my Shortest episode ever. I don't know what you're getting me into, Mo, bro. Because like, this is trouble. <laughs> Kenny's full of trouble. If there's one thing that people know us for, it's for our gotcha type journalism. <laughs> We're here to ask the hard hitting questions. Yep. Tahib, I am thrown off by you right now. Are you from the UK? Where are, like, what's happening? Where are you from? Oh, yeah. Where are you now? What's all the things? I mean, so yeah, I mean, I'm not, I am Nigerian, but I don't have a Nigerian accent. I have a British accent. Um, okay. And I'm currently in South Africa, but I'm not from South Africa. I'm from London. Excellent. And so, um, so yeah, I'm a <laughs> British British guy, uh, 
doing a Nigerian accent on Twitter. This is the thing. So whenever people like message, this is why I don't like going on social media so much is because people just watch the show and assume I'm Sam. And I'd, I'd much rather just leave them with that assumption. Do you know what I mean? But as soon as I go on like Instagram <laughs> and do a story or something, people are like, oh, you don't, you don't sound like Sam. I'm like, I don't know what I was yeah. to sound like. So I kind of feel like I've, I've lost control of my, of my social media platforms right now and they all belong to Sam, which is, which is cool. Have you worked on anything, and Mo, for you too, have you all worked on anything that's gotten so much like direct feedback from fandom and stuff like that? never i think it's uh it's also because it's a it's a new day and age you know i've been on some stuff before but now it's like it's become a like twitter has become an absolute science to like oh in uh, episode two of season one your character said this and therefore this means that for season two your character i'm like wait what (laughs) (laughs) that's not how i said it (laughs) man yeah it's fun. It's been fun to speculate, but it's <laughs> it is kind of kind of wacky seeing how many people are speculating and how deep they're going, as if as if we're watching The Shining. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, you guys had a. Uh, um, it's funny that now we're with Tahit because you guys were speculating that uh, mm-hmm. she yeah. was texting Ted this whole time, and you guys were wrong. We were wrong about that, but however, I will um, take. I will take credit for me and Kenny uh, predicting in season one that Rebecca and Sam would would be a thing. Oh, yeah. I just I just didn't think it would be via banter. <laughs> yeah, because it didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Whenever whenever that happened, uh, whenever it was revealed that Sam was LDN one five two, my roommate and I we literally I. Look, I'm prone to hyperbole very often, but I don't I don't know the last time that I have had such a rapturous reaction where I was yelling <laughs> at the top of my lungs just running around the apartment. I was so pleased. Uh, end of statement. I'm just going to mute my microphone now. I'll take this <laughs> Oh man, I'm glad. Um it's 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 interesting. It's weird because when we finished the first season, people would hit me up on, on Instagram and be like, yo, are Sam and Rebecca a thing? Like, is that going to be a thing? Like, there's a bit of, you know, like chemistry there after we had yeah. that scene in, in her office. And then, you know, like uh-huh. people I took her jacket at, you know, yep, karaoke, at the karaoke bit. And, uh-huh. a little moment, and then like we were sat next to each other in episode 10 of season one. And so like, yeah. people were like, yo, like, is this a thing? And I was like, no, <laughs> I was like, no. So like, I could, it completely went over my head. Um, I think me and Hannah have like cool chemistry anyway, but I definitely didn't um, expect it to go down that road. And then it just, and then when it happened, I was like, all right, cool. Like this is a thing. So for me, my first instance of Sam and Rebecca possibly being a thing was from the fans. Like a few people hit me up and kind of planted that idea in my head before before I had it. You know? Yeah. And when did you find out, like going into season two or even like a few few episodes in? There, there had been whisperings. So like <laughs> Mo knows it's like we, we play FIFA, um, like me, Jason, Joe Kelly, Brett, like basically everybody like we're on this uh, FIFA team, which is like a football game on um, on Xbox. And so like every now and then we would speak about potential storyline stuff. So like, you know, Jason doesn't go into details with stuff. He would just like vaguely be like, Oh, Sam's going to get a bit political this season. And then, you know, Dubai mm. will happen. 
And so like he was speaking about like potentially like having a romantic storyline and and then, you know, like there were like I'd asked people about the Simon Rebecca thing and just been like, oh, isn't isn't this weird? And um, yeah. then um, and then, yeah, like it just started to happen. Like people, the heads of departments uh, on the show, so like head of makeup and stuff, they'd, they'd have read the scripts before any of the actors do. And so people mm-hmm. had seen it and nobody decided to tell me anything. And so I had to like read, read episodes. And then by the time we got to like episode, you know, like four, episode five, like that's when they were like, oh, by the way, like this is, this is going to be a thing. And I, I just remember geeking out. I was like, this is going to be so fun. Cause also I was like, I know it's going to, it's going to divide people. And I'm, I'm here for yeah. the chaos. I'm here for the chaos, man. I want all of it. <laughs> I do appreciate the chaos. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> it's really I cannot fun. stop smiling. I couldn't stop smiling. Like uh, the reveal in the car was amazing when you're with um, Isaac and Colin. And mm-hmm. then we're like, is something going to actually come of this? And then you're all suited up so fancy. And then you guys yeah. meet each other out. She's not having it. And then she is having it. Like I cannot handle it. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say that I was thoroughly against it. Yeah. You were against it? <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think it would have made so much more sense if it was with Zoro, but you know what? Mm, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. You were like tugging on Jason's uh, sleeves like, hey, w- w- wouldn't it make sense if yeah. Mo was LDN? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Doesn't my say- friend Sai need some hanky-panky points on her team? Let's <laughs> make this happen. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we did ask. Um, we asked our uh, Twitter followers to heap for some questions to ask you. Sure. Um, I guess we can start with um, Stacy underscore WS underscore NC. She wanted to know if you would date an older woman like you as a person to heap. <laughs> I I saw this. I saw that question on Twitter, um, and I was kind of like, "Ah, oh, they're not going to ask me that." And then I now, I now have the answer. I mean, the answer is yeah. I'm like, I don't see why not. Um, right. If I, if I found somebody that, you know, like I, I liked and we got on, like, why not? I don't think it's that big a deal for me. But, but like, there is, there is like a lot of stigma around it, I guess, especially if it's a younger guy and an older woman. But, um, but yeah, I, for one, I'm, I'm here to break that, man. Bring me the older ladies. I'm just curious if all the, the people who are like decrying over Sam and Rebecca and the age gap, if they made any noise over Rupert and Bex and Exactly. One. I think this oh, is... Oh, wow. Such a good point. It's, it's when you flip it around the other way, everybody just kind of, you know, doesn't care. But, uh, you know, it's just like how we've been conditioned, I guess. I think this is a good yeah. time to like start to attack that and start to go like, why does it make you uncomfortable? I think there's also like some people who just... Um, a, there are some people who wanted uh, Rebecca and Ted to get together and I don't think they can get over that. Um, yeah. so like there's those people, there's some people who find the age gap, um, a bit like hard to get their head around. And there are some people who don't like it because she's his boss. And so she's, they're like morally. Mm-hmm. Enough, you yeah. Know? yeah. And so like the, you know, the, those two I can get, but like the people who are just like, Oh, but the age gap's really big. I'm like, Oh, grow up. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's life. Like stuff happens. But, um, but right. But to answer your question. Yeah. Why not, man? Of course I date another woman. <laughs> Uh, I will ask this question from at Comics Guru. Comics is spelled C-O-M-I-X. That's a critical distinction I want to make. Yeah. Did Cola Bikini really cut your hair, Tahib? Ooh. See, this is another one. I'm like, do I want to lift that veil? Actually, you know what? I've I've decided today is a a day of honesty 
And um, <gasps> wow, I'm like, if if you if anybody on this planet thinks I would actually allow Collar Bikini, who plays Isaac McAdoo, anywhere near my head with anything electrical and sharp, they must be crazy. Absolutely not. Collar did not actually cut my hair. Um, it was my barber Rion. Like when they gave me the clippers, I was like, I was like, make sure this thing cannot turn on. And um, and then they assured me that it couldn't turn on. And I was like, I'll let Collar near my head with this. Um, but yeah, like he was doing like no look cuts and stuff like that. I was like, there's no way if that was turned on. Uh, uh, yeah, like it would have it been disastrous for me. But um, but yeah, no, it was, Collar did the, the wide shots. And then when it when it came in, it was my, my barber, Rion. He's got the same skin complexion as Collar. So there are some hand shots where it's-, it's uh, <gasps> Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, so like it was, that was just a stroke of luck that, you know, the guy that cuts my hair, like, could kind of pass for collar if you just zoomed in on his hands a little bit. So I'm um, saying, so yeah, okay. absolutely not. Um, I mean, I am sure collar could probably give someone a good trim. That someone will not be me. Um, <laughs> Kenny, John, if you guys want to, do you know what I mean? Try that yeah. out, then be my guest. What did you ask, Sai? Oh, I just asked, like, you just got to, like, bring your own barber on set and we're just like, hey, come cut my hair on the show. Um, no, so the thing is, like, we have, the, I don't know what it's like in the States, actually, because I haven't, I haven't done a job in America, but sometimes in the UK, um, you, you know, like, when you're in the hair and makeup bus, like, there just aren't really people who can, like, look after black actors and, like, cut their hair and, and stuff like that because they're not really experienced in, you know, mm-hmm. cutting their hair. And so that's a thing that I've found. And my career has only just started, but even on the couple of jobs that I've been on, like there was just never really anybody who could like properly look after my hair. So like on Ted Lasso and on the job that I'm on now, the power, like these are the first two times where they've allowed me to either like go to my own barber or like bring my barber on set for me to just mm. like get my hair cut. So like, that's just them, you know, looking out and, and being that's amazing and production team. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it costs a little bit more, but like you get a happy actor with a dope trim. Like I watched yeah. that episode. I'm like, as much as I love what's going on, I'm also just going, it's a pretty dope trim yeah i think that's just yeah that's just this production um being super accommodating and it also happened to work out that um rion could actually like be in some of those shots and actually be cutting my hair so um so yeah man mm. the funny out. thing is the uh, the meme i think the meme that you posted about like the drake but it's uh it's a uh, cola <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. that's where you really see the difference between the two between the, the trim and you're like oh my god wow yeah this is this is amazing oh yeah that yeah, meme is yeah. so good yeah i mean yeah <laughs> it's hilarious it's actually hilarious but i'm like somebody went out of their way to catch me slipping like actually yeah. like my eye looks hard most in, in one of the one of those shots <laughs> it's, it's at orlando rob 2003 he wants to know why why are you credited as a guest star in the show? Ah, aha. That's a good question. Um, so um, this is another one. I, like I went through some of these questions just to like kind of prepare myself. <laughs> um, 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 it's Somebody said, you know, like it, it was worrying them about whether or not I'd be on the show for, for um, much longer and, and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's just like a contract thing. Like I'm on, um, you know, like two TV shows at the same time and usually like actors have an exclusivity clause. That means that they can only work for like one streaming company at, at a time. Um, oh, because, like, they are like kind of like competitors. And so like, if you have an actor who's like a main actor on one show, then the idea is you don't want them to also like go and give their talent to another streaming service and like bring them up. So like one way of getting around that was to credit me as a guest star on Ted Lasso, but like it has no impact on 
like my, you know, like commitment to the show or whatever. Like it's just a way to kind of get around the whole thing of like me being able to come back. So, um, so yeah, like it's just, uh, somebody being really clever to like, you know, find a way to get me into last season two. Yeah. Good. That's a relief that it doesn't mean you're going to leave the show next episode. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, quite a storyline to, to scoot on. Yeah, I pray every day, but yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, really, it's really interesting that you've got me and Mo on the same on the same thing because like we're actually like Mo takes every opportunity he has on any interview that he does to slander my name, and so I'm like. <laughs> bring that same energy bro like this guy's been telling people i'm the worst football player on the team which is just factually correct like i just you know you know what i mean like this guy's lucky that i'm not in la you know <laughs> but who is the worst footballer on the team Ooh. well it sounds like it's to tell the truth <laughs> it definitely it has to be me because i've never played leave the hype it's uh it's not it's definitely not me um worst footballer on the show it has to be me Ooh. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think it gets to a point where like Mo Hashim, who plays uh Bumba catch is mm. undisputedly number one. And then yeah. there's a few of us oh, who are like, you know, two, 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 that all the way down through to like two to seven, you know, that's like collar and collar who plays Isaac and Phil who plays Jamie Tart and, Christo, like, do you know what I mean? And, and Tahiti. Would, would you put Christo in the same category as Mo? Because he's a... No, he so Mo's, Mo's, uh, Mo's in the category of his own. So Mo is just undisputedly number one. And then, like, the rest of the conversation is, like, two down to, like, ten. And then after two through to ten, it's just, like, a general wash of everybody else who's, like, maybe football isn't their first thing, but, like, they're generally just, like, athletic anyway, have decent mm. coordination. And so, like, they can play football. So it'd be hard to identify a, a worst. I'd love to just say it's Mo Jadila Moore, but I'm not petty. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I was going to say it's, like, it's, a, it's a general wash of people. Did you, do you, did you play football growing up? I did. I did, yeah. Football was my main sport. So, um, yeah, so, like, when I got this job, it was just, like, a dream job. Um, I wasn't uh, a pro or, like, semi-pro or anything, but... I played in school. I was on the football team all the time. And like I had nice. Sunday teams that had that gone and stuff. So our football came pretty naturally to me on this job. Super awesome. cool. Hmm. Oh, I have a question from Jen R. Um, we often communicate with Jen R. Uh, she wants to know what led to your career in acting? Hmm. What led to my career in acting? Um, so I was in school just doing regular old uh, academic subjects uh, in I don't know what it is for you guys, but when I was in sixth form, that's like you're like 16 to 18, so it's like a two year gap before you go to university or college for you guys. And um, and in that two year gap, I was studying law and politics and history, mm-hmm. and um, and I picked like drama on the side, like acting on the side is just like something to take my mind off all the like really heavy academic subjects I was doing. And as I you know like trudged along it got to a point where I was like, when I woke up on a Monday and I had double law and then history and then double politics to finish the day, I wouldn't want to go into school. And the days where I had mm. acting the whole day, I would want to go into school. And I had really, mm. really awesome teachers who, um, who like gave me the support that you kind of need when you're 16, 17. And like, just really let me know that acting was a thing that could happen. I had so many people in my life that were telling me, 
it was completely impossible. I was going to ruin my life. And, you know, like so many people are out of work and blah, 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 all the reasons why it wouldn't work. But, you know, you just need yeah. one or two people to tell you why it can work. And that's what I had. They, you know, helped me with my audition speeches to get into drama school. And so like at some point, like I just completely switched off everything else. And, you know, like I was just like chasing that feeling of when I wake up and I have to go and act, I am happy when I wake up and I don't have to go and act. I'm less happy. So I just want to like try my best yeah. to do that, even though it's tough. And so, yeah, then I got into drama school, um, failed all my other subjects. I remember quitting history. One of my friends was like, why are you doing this like history coursework? I thought you wanted to be an actor. And I was like, dare me right now to throw this coursework in the bin. And he dared me on the spot to throw the coursework in the bin. And I threw that coursework in the bin and I've never looked back. So I kind of, that's, that's my first I kind of, I kind of owe him, owe him some love for that because he kind of like gave me that push as well to just be like, go and be an actor. And here we are now. It's wow. incredible. And that is incredible. was that friend Mo Judy Lamore? <laughs> Um, that friend was not Mo Judy Lamar. I, I mean, I wouldn't really call Mo my friend. I'd more like, sure, yeah. I'd call him like a, a kind of older brother figure I didn't ask for and I don't really want. <laughs> <laughs> You're the same age, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> I was a 73 year old man with very good skin. I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Tahib, do you have a a specific film or a filmmaker or an actor that you kind of point to as your something like your initial inspiration to get into it? Ooh, um, hmm, I, I've got like a lot. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor is one that comes to mind immediately. Yeah. Viola Davies is another one. Um, mm. Wes Anderson is another one. I remember watching Fantastic Mr. Fox with my my brother oh. and my little brother in cinema and i was just like this is cool like i don't know what this is it's stop motion animation i don't know who this was anderson man is like i've I, fantastic mr fox is a children's book i think but i watched it and i was in the cinema and like i was there my auntie was there my little cousin was there like we're th three very different generations and we were all completely floored by it and um and so like that cemented wes anderson in, in my head as like just a genius and a filmmaker that i have had to work with um and, and yeah i think yeah i did for a little bit like i got i got to do a tiny part in um the french dispatch which is coming out soon uh, and he's so just excited. like he really lived up to expectations he's the nicest man ever so sweet yeah. like he feels like a character from one of his films like if, if that makes sense i mean like the way he dresses like his, his use of color like he's just completely awesome everything you would expect him to be and what i love the most about that job actually is after we'd shot every day Everybody would go back to his hotel. We'd sit around this huge table. I'm talking camera people, actors, costume team, like everybody oh. would sit around this massive table and we'd just eat food and tell stories. And I was like, this is impossibly good. Like if this is my first taste of Hollywood, I, I know all of it isn't like that, but you know, I wanna I wanna go and work with people like that. And that's kind of what Ted Lasso's like. So um, so yeah, I've been kind of lucky with the stuff that I've got, to be honest, you know. I'm just working with cool people. Cool people like Mo Judy Lamar. Not exactly. Mo like stop i don't in my head i've decided mo isn't in this interview and i'm just kind of blocking him out in order to align my chakras mo do you feel the same way about the heap i'm just sensing so much there's turmoil here i'm telling you it's crazy i've been nothing but super nice to him and that's the way he treats me cut to wedgies cut oh, to yeah. we don't know what's happened really yeah <laughs> you, 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 you like drawn 
our um our our like I, w- I was gonna say our locker rooms but like uh our dressing rooms are on the same floor and we're all it's me cola uh billy and then uh tahib and we're all it's always the same crew kind of and so every time we we eat all together we joke all together we play uh like Tahib brought brought his nerf guns and we like we shot at each other a bunch it was a blast <laughs> it was really cool we also have a thing where if you leave your dressing room and everybody else is there, when you come back, it will be like completely destroyed. Like chairs, <laughs> everything will be all over the place. And like Mo is the one who started this really horrible tradition of like now nobody leaves their room because it's like you know, <laughs> back and have like three minutes of picking stuff back up. It's like it's so weird. Like, like someone will put your fan in the bin and then the bin's upside down and the chair's upside down and your sock is like on the ceiling fan. And it's just, it's, very, it's a kind of art, to be honest. And I think uh, Mo's most perfected it. Like just the right yeah, amount. Yeah, but at one point you flipped my sofa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let you know, he, he deserves it. He deserves it. <laughs> and you never flipped it back. Yeah, yeah. It stayed it stay like that. <laughs> Do we have a charity shout out? Yes, we sure do. Um, I just wanted to pass along a suggestion from Rebecca S., Rebecca Slit, uh, for an easy way to make a difference. So one of her favorite causes is uh, cityharvest.org. It helps relieve hunger in New York City by dis- redistributing food uh, left over from restaurants and retailers. Uh, so if you're in New York, feels like it's something very close to home to you. Uh, if you're not in New York, you can still um, kind of support the cause. So just visit uh, www.cityharvest.org. Org. Nice. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Rebecca. Rad. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Episode eight of season two, entitled Man City, written by Jamie Lee, directed by Matt Lipsy, who also uh, directed the last episode. Love Head Jamie Space. Lee. Cool. Yeah. Um, let's start with the Ted and Sharon storyline. Um. The episode opens with Sharon on a call with her own therapist, Bridget, who tells her that she deflects just like Ted does, only she uses her intelligence instead of humor. Sharon isn't ready to hear all that, and she leaves home on her bike to get to work, but gets hit by a damn car. Luckily, she only suffered a concussion, and Ted helps her home. Sharon isn't in love with the idea of letting Ted into her life, but she eventually feels comfortable enough to open up to him and tell him that she was scared after the accident. Later on, after a brutal loss in the FA Cup to Man City, And after a scene involving Jamie that we'll get to later, Ted leaves the locker room like another panic attack is coming on. And he calls Dr. Sharon to tell her that his father took his own life when Ted was 16. Um, This is something that we, I think, discussed as a possibility early in a season two recap. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a real bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, that's not that. That is not funny. Uh, but you calling it a bummer, that is funny. It's a bit of a bummer. It's, yeah, hot take. Bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it kind of informs a lot of uh, Ted's issues. Totally. Uh, yeah, I think we started speculating this could be a thing in, I couldn't tell you an episode number, maybe two, when Jamie and Ted are at the bar and they're talking about how Ted's dad was harder on himself than anyone else or than on Ted himself. I yeah. think that's when a listener brought up the fact that 
you know, maybe Ted's dad committed suicide. And then on the flip side, we're like, maybe he was just an alcoholic. Maybe he's, you know, still around, unclear. Um, but mm-hmm. now it's been confirmed that he had a really, you know, tragic uh, ending. So that's that's terrible. Yeah. I like uh, I like how the nurse or the doctor at the hospital um, confused them as husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, being specul- speculative again, maybe there is a crush developing between these two. Interesting that you say that. Uh, I don't have a larger insight into that, but it just kind of, there's an interesting playing with just boundaries being tested in this episode. And I think that mm-hmm. that is such a fascinating boundary because the way that Sharon and Ted's relationship unfolds is, is for me, it gives me the heebie jeebies uh, of having a patient come into their therapist's home and mm. seeing a little bit of their internal life that, that sends off red flags, but also context is so key right yeah yeah and we see that sharon has a good amount of booze in her home Mm. she's dealing with her own stuff yeah i think it's it's interesting it's interesting because ted's relationship with therapy and you know that could be born from trauma but his his relationship with it is very much like you know like why pay someone to do what your friend can do for you and I think yeah. what's interesting is, you know, like that line that's being crossed is like Ted and Sharon are just becoming friends as well. And so like that therapy line and the friendship line mm-hmm. blurred. And I think in one way it's making it easier for Ted. It might be tougher for Sharon to, you know, like blur those lines. But yeah, like for me, like that was the thing that I saw about the whole thing. And again, maybe this is me just like missing a potential relationship. I mean, I've read the last four episodes and I'm trying to think why am I saying this? Cause this is a spoiler. You know what? Never mind. But, um, yeah, I was gonna say, can you just tell us? No, no, I mean, I just, I genuinely don't like, Ugh. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to stop talking because this is so a spoiler. Um, so like you guys make us feel really comfortable. So we'll just like say, speak without, without. but like, my point is the, the friendship therapist line is like, I think a line that Ted would be happy to, to blur because that's kind of what he, like, that's his whole thing, isn't it? It's like, make everybody your friend and we can like solve each other's problems together. Yeah. 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 And also that's just the lovely, uh, manipulation tactic as well intentioned as it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's also just, I feel so insecure about myself. I want to make you feel good. Uh, Johnny, I think you might have posted about this or at least reached out to Emily Vanderwerf over at Fox, mm-hmm. uh, at Vox yeah. wrote this brilliant article uh, and just talking about that subversion, that that meaningful subversion of Ted's nice guy persona. Um, and I I come from that environment. And I, I deal with that nice guy attitude myself. I so many of Ted's struggles are things that I deal with and it is so it's, it's so shocking to feel so not necessarily called out because I'm glad I'm being called out. Yeah. Uh, It's just, it's so relatable. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting how from just in this, within this show going from Sharon, like being uncomfortable, even having Ted called a friend, you know, like not even considering him a friend to them being comfortable opening up to each other, kind of breaking down those walls. 
Yeah. Which is a, a weird boundary blur mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. I mean, I think they could have, did a good job making making the the scene with him in her apartment just feeling uncomfortable. Like it is very it, yeah. It is very strange. It was yeah. very uncomfortable. Yeah. I liked that we got through like we got to know Sharon a little bit more without a ton of exposition. So now there's like things for me to just sort of look at. Mm-hmm. So we know that it opens with her on the call with her own therapist, it sounds like, or I assume it's a therapist. Um, it's interesting to me that she's late. Like there's something about like her personality that seems like she would be very rigid and punctual. So it's interesting that she shows up to this phone call a little late. It's interesting that when Ted's at her apartment, she's got, you know, just bottles of empty, I guess, wine or something laying around. And it's Mm -hmm. a household where like, it took us like a year to like open up this bottle of Riesling we've had. And we finally cracked it open Friday and we're not even halfway done with it. But like, I can't tell what's a lot of alcohol to have in a home, but it's interesting. There's multiple bottles that she's like casually trying to clean up. Um, It's interesting that she rides a bike and this is not a judgment because I know in big cities, it's totally fine and makes sense to ride your bike everywhere. But part of me is like, did you have a DUI? Like I've known people who can't Ooh. drive anymore, right? Because they've gotten DUIs multiple times. And I don't know if that's a thing outside of the States. Is that a thing? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And that the Middle Passage, the book that she's reading, or at least the book that was on her table that Ted looked at, I guess is a book about like midlife crisis. And, mm. and she's single. Yeah. Which I have no issues with, but I, I don't know if she's divorced or if she's just single or what the deal is. But instead of us getting like long explanations, now there's just all of these clues about who Sharon is. So interesting. Uh, Two things. Did you just say that you have a bottle of wine that's been open for months? No, 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 no. (laughs) We had this bottle. We bought it for like around the holiday season to be like, we're adults who have, you know, wine around the holidays. <laughs> and then we proceeded to not open it and just like put oh, it in our okay. fridge. We've then moved homes and also moved it into the new fridge. And yesterday we were like, we should probably open this and get started. And we still haven't finished it. So we have until like tonight to just kill it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I got scared. I got scared. Oh, we like um, our wine real funky. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. And then, you know, the funny thing is uh, Jamie Lee, who wrote the uh, script, she has a, a podcast about um, um, Sex in the City. <gasps> what? Oh. Yes, yeah. I, I've got. OK, I think I know where you're going. Keep going. OK, so she I, I'm pretty sure you don't because <laughs> it's going to take such a turn. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is that so so she has a, a podcast about Sex in the City and every episode it, it, they basically break down every episode about like. Oh, so in this episode, I was uh, Charlotte because uh, Charlotte did this and that and that. And this week, I felt like I was like this and like that. And um, and 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 then they'll talk about dating, the dating life, dating life in uh, in L.A. or dating life in New York because they're bi-coastal. It's two it's two women and one guy. And uh, they always they talk about like dating and stuff. For me, I'm like, oh, this is so great. I, I it's like I'm listening to uh, to two girls talk about dating. So it's like, oh, I'm learning things that I didn't know before. And it, it's a great, it, I think it's great for guys to listen to that. And uh, I've never really listened to, I've never uh, uh, watched uh, Sex in the City, but it's just cool to listen to that podcast. And it's my go-to podcast to cycle on because I, I like, I'm a cyclist. So like I'll go up oh. mountain on my bike or I'll go for like 80 miles, 50 miles. Like I, I love, I love to bike. And so it's my go-to when I ride my bike. 
And at one point I was listening to it and I was going up. You guys know the Griffith Observatory in uh, yeah. Los Angeles? Yeah, I almost died there. <laughs> okay. What? Well, you were fine. It, it's, it's one of the, uh, the staples for like cyclists to go up the, to go like, you're basically climbing a mountain on your bike, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's like a known path and everybody does it. And so I, I used to do it like maybe two, three times a week. Mm-hmm. At one point, I did it. I was listening to that podcast, and I had a bike accident. Oh, Jesus. So it's so crazy that she is the one who wrote the episode about a bike accident. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. What happened? Did you crash, or did you just fall? So it, it wasn't a car, because there's no cars that go that, yeah. that can go on that path. But it's um, I, I it was damp, and there were pine needles, and I just uh, mm. I lost of my front wheel i was going up so i was only going at like 12 miles i wasn't going down if i would have gone down oh gosh i would i would yeah i would have been funeral on tuesdays but it, it was uh no i was i was going up and i, I lost control of the front wheel and landed on my face and i, I had to have plastic surgery actually before oh, yeah it was Good pretty Lord. bad how long ago is that that was October, and then uh, in December, I left to go do season two. So at the beginning, like the first few episodes, you can see on my face, there's like scars. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. 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 I remember I remember when that news dropped in the group chat, I was like terrified, man, because like, it sounded yeah. really bad. And like it it was like, but, you know, like you're a trooper and you, and you survived it. And are you back on your are you back on your bike now? Uh, yeah, actually, I've been uh, even even crazier than before. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I didn't learn. I didn't learn. Do you do races too, or just you do this leisurely? Uh, leisurely, but it, uh, no, very leisurely, and also I'm, I'm very very careful, and like I, I I don't. It definitely stopped me from going like really crazy and really checking times every time and being like, okay, this is the segment I need to, I need to, 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 to be better than the one before. And like, I'm more like, Oh, I'll just go for a quick ride and chill. Cause I, I don't want to, to get too into it again and then, and have something else happen. Like, I, I feel like I got really lucky because you can't really see it now, but that's thanks to plastic surgery. Mm. But it's just like, it, it was not a fun experience. It's, it's very scary. And, that's why um, when when I read that on the script, I was like, "Oh wow, they they actually she actually nailed the the stuff about." Uh, at one point, she says that you're you don't trust yourself anymore. Like it's the thing that you do all the time, and then now you can't really trust yourself on it. Yeah, and it's so real. It's it it really messes you up when you're like like I can't trust the bike anymore. To this day, like I don't even have the same bike. I bought a new bike. And I, I, I don't trust it when I'm going down hills and stuff like that. I'm always on the brakes. I'm very, very, uh, mm. very mindful. And it's funny because my buddy who, who I ride with has never fallen going down so or even going up. He's just never fallen. So I see him going down really, really fast. And I'm always like, dude, you don't know what it is to, to fall. That, that's why you're going that fast. Mm. Well, how long did it take you to get back on the bike? Uh, I think it took me... Uh, I was heavily concussed, and so I was really messed up for at least a week, and I couldn't mm. see out of my left eye for a while. Jeez. Oh my god! Yeah, so it took me, I would say, like three to three weeks and a half to four weeks to be able to like get back. And I, my first ride was uh, going back to the mountain to finish that ride. Mm. Wow! Wow! Nice. Yeah, that's serious. I when I said I almost died on it, I just mean I was out of shape hiking up the mountain. Slightly <laughs> <laughs> different. Slightly different. I mean, that's that's pretty much the same, right, John? Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, 
boy. Well, glad that you made it through that. No, that wasn't. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yikes. Bikes are scary. Yeah, it's dangerous. Also did not know that Jamie Lee had a Sex in the City podcast. Mm -hmm. And that makes a whole bunch of sense that they would be able to pull an outrageously specific reference for the last episode. Yeah. She's a true fan. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And just being able to match that up. And then also uh, the there was a conjecture that the line of the ER mistaking Ted and Sharon as husband and wife is also a sex in the city reference that happens when Carrie is visiting big (gasps) after his heart attack. And she emphatically states he's not her husband. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. Fun. Thank you, Katrina from the New York times comment section. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We see this is because of stuff like that, that you like snooping on Twitter because somebody's always going to spot some stuff that, you know, like even like some of us who are in the show, like won't won't get. Like, I've never seen Sex in the City, so I would never have got that. But again, it's yeah. a testament to how clever the writers are. But you know, like someone on Twitter is always going to spot some stuff and always going to like make some links. And even if they're wildly, wildly off, it's still just like interesting to see it from their perspective. You know. Always. Yeah. I um the scene a little bit later I I really enjoyed was um before the uh, match Ted and the other coaches in the. Office, I guess. Yeah. Where he like admits to everybody that he had the panic attack, and it just turns into a big confession fest. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. Oh, I've man. been waiting on. I was like wondering when when Ted's going to be comfortable enough to mm-hmm. to kind of tell everybody what he's going through. Mm. It was good to see. Yeah, and I like that it's the Diamond Dogs who come through and are like, "Yeah, let me get a couple things off my chest too." <laughs> yeah. But now I kind of want to see the episode where uh, we see Coach Beard on uh, mushrooms. Yeah, man. I mean, I wonder if that's kind of what the next episode is. Just judging by like the next episode tile on Apple TV. Seems like because I know and you guys can just you don't have to answer so you don't spoil anything. But I know that there was two extra episodes that Apple ordered and we had the Christmas episode. And I'm kind of thinking the next one is the other episode. And maybe it's just going to be a bottle episode of beard on like a drug fueled odyssey through London. Huh? Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is why they put uh, after hours on the criterion channel, just so we can get prepared (laughs) for next week's episode. If it was an after hours homage, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How good is after hours? So good. What if we just became an after hours podcast? Numbers would plummet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, butts on three. That was fun. Yes. <laughs> yep. Perfect. I also loved, I loved how not cool Nate was with, with Higgins, not like, like Higgins messing up the transfer deadline thing to, yep. and to not sign the fullback. And like Nate just wasn't cool with it. Yes. Uh, like that's every now and then there are little bits that even though I've read the script, like I wasn't there when they shot it. So like you do just get moments of, Oh my days. That's hilarious. Like Nick Mohammed is brilliant. Um, but it's yeah, so good. Uh, it was just uh, that made me laugh so much, man. But Tahib, I don't understand how you're doing this, dude. Because every single time we have a uh, like, I have you guys don't know, but I every time I text Tahib, I'm like, "Yo, so what happens in uh, the next episode again?" And he's like, "Okay, so basically, first scene is this." I'm like, "Bro, how do you remember reading them? I don't. I have no clue what happens anymore. Like, I completely <laughs> forgot." <that. laughs> Oh, I don't know. I ain't got no answers for you, bro. But um, it's a it's a gift, I guess. Okay. That's good. Yeah. 
do you how how do you what's your what's y'all's method for for memorizing lines? Who trial and error really? <laughs> <laughs> um, Mo Mo doesn't. There's just somebody with a big like placard behind behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, like again, like I'm really like lucky with it. Like lines are just really easy for me. Like if I read something like a couple of times or three times, like I'll probably just remember it. Like I've got a very good short-term memory. So if I need something to stick quickly, um, I'm good. But I also had a teacher at drama school that like swore by this. And he was like, if you, if the last thing you read before you go to sleep is your lines for the next day, and then you put the sides under your pillow, somehow through science, it will go into your brain. And, um, and every now and then, every now and then I do that. And, um, and I also, I also swear by it. So yeah, man, that's my, that's my secret. Mm. secret so you would put your iPad under your bed? No, I <laughs> print my sides out. But, but, um, but yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> nice. I used to try the osmosis thing. I don't know if it worked, but. I'm going to try that with, uh, my family's birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of see people if, to remember. See if I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then I like that Ted bought Sharon a new bicycle. Oh, sweet. Mm. Yeah. That's- Ooh, but, but was it though, Johnny? Yeah. You see, this is the thing. Cause it also ties yeah. in the idea of like, I'm trying to, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to make this a friendship so I don't have to mm-hmm. do that. Like, you know, um, now that you, now that you said that, like, is I'm I'm starting to see that more and more. I'm like, ah, is this just like genuine or is this, you know, a defense mechanism? Um, which, yeah, that's like, that's the complexity yeah. of Ted's Ted's journey because what is actual kindness and what is performative kindness? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And it's it's such a complicated journey, right? Mm-hmm. It's ugh, I love it. Ted Lasso, good show. <laughs> Turns out Lead Tasso is the real Ted Lasso. <gasps> wow. Oh, you just spoiled season three. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Rewrite. Rewrite. Um, anything else in this uh, in this storyline that you want to touch on before we move on to Jamie and Roy? Uh, pulling this quote from the recap that I always read from Phil Crit Hulk, uh, just in regards to finally admitting that his father has committed suicide. And I, this just stuck with me. It is when Ted stutters out the words about how this suicide might have something to do with what's been going on with him. Yeah. It, it, that qualification, mm-hmm. it feels so. It, I, certainly I haven't gone through that struggle, but just the, the minimizing of my own experiences of, uh, equally impactful events that have happened in my life, but trying to push them down and go, right. But you know, other people actually have problems going on mm-hmm. and even confessing that his father killed himself when he was 16 and Ted still has to qualify it with maybe this might have been traumatic. Mm-hmm. He, he's such a people pleaser mm-hmm. that he can't even validate that something bad happened to him. Right. It's it's a brilliant touch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also the when he says that's something that happened to me and my mom. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that that moment, whenever that happened, it. I I think a lesser show might have just 
played that as some sort of big aha moment. And I, I really like that it's just executed with this just happened. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. just getting this off of my chest. I need to tell you this right now. It, it is very artfully done. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. Yeah. What do you, what do y'all think about uh beard at the end of that scene? <sighs> is he, I mean, he's obviously, obviously frustrated with Ted, but do we have some kind of big, uh, big thing coming between them? I think so. Yeah. The, the thing that struck me as a unusually sad moment. And I was, I was decompressing about this tiny thing with my roommate a bit, a bit, which was Ted going, so you drink tea now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, Ooh, something very bad is about to happen just because it, it shows that beard is moving forward. Beard is able to adjust and Ted is still kind of stuck in this point of mm-hmm. stasis. Yeah. There's a disconnect uh, there. And it's, it's, they're still nice. They're, they still love each other, but they're moving in different directions and it's, it's, it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm. Well, Ted's still, I think he's just so frustrated also that Ted is still doesn't seem to care about winning that much. Even like during the the match when they're getting their ass kicked, every goal that Man City scores, Ted's just like, that's all right. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. That, that's just not working for a beard, I think. Yeah. I think one thing that was interesting for me was when Ted confessed, like even though it was really cool that he confessed it to like all of the diamond dogs, there was still a part of me that was like, huh, you didn't tell like him and beard didn't have a conversation about that beforehand. Like it didn't seem like they did. Mm-hmm. For me, like that was a bit like, ah, oh, interesting, you know? And so like when you tie that in with like what you guys are pointing out, um, you're right. Like maybe, yeah, maybe there is a bit. Yeah. Atib, I thought the same thing. And I'm trying to just figure out like, what do I think I know about Ted and Beard's relationship? Like, did I invent how close they were? Like, are they more so they've just spent years working? Like, are they coworkers, just really good coworkers, but not... really in each other's personal life because Ted also wasn't going to call out Beard for any like, you know, questionable relationship-ness with Jane. And now he has all of these like personal things in his life that I don't think he feels close enough with Beard to really want to open up. Like, it's interesting. Like, I I can't tell now if we as viewers just assumed they were closer than they actually are. If if I may. (laughs) Uh, Please. I am an extraordinarily white man from the South. Uh, and that just, it, that relationship feels so familiar. And it is, it is just because as a man, you don't, as, as a man that is growing up in the South, you don't ever want to burden anyone with literally anything. Mm-hmm. Because if if you have a want, if you have a desire, then that is, I, I, that is such a faux pas. Uh, I, I've just personally, I've gotten yelled at for wanting to do something before. Like I got yelled at for just wanting to watch a movie once. And I had someone very close in my life go, how, how dare you? How dare you would rather just go watch this movie? It was very shocking. Oh, wow. And, and so it's just, it's, it's kind of, I, I recognize that I Ted and Beard, I, I can I know for a fact that they are best friends. There's probably a lot of 
things that they have left unsaid. And it's just like that first scene where they're just kind of informing Nate about there's just things that you don't tell each other. Um, that that resonates with me so much. Don't bother anyone with any of your wants and needs, because if you do, that means that you're a bad person. Right. Deep. Yeah. And I can tell you that 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 experience goes far beyond just uh, white men in the South. Too. I was that's just, say. Especially in this country. That's just the stigma of of men being open and being emotional. But that, I think that's one of the the important things is that the show is kind of bringing to the forefront is just the importance of that. And if all the fathers out there tell your sons, you love them, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of father son relationships in this episode. Definitely. <clears throat> Definitely. It's like a massive theme, like a, yeah. like theme with the show, isn't it? Like just the impact that like men have on their sons and yeah. in turn, like kind of, determines what kind of man their like sons grow up to be and so it's yeah, like I, like this show is like massively just like redes- redefining like what masculinity is and like what strong masculinity mm-hmm. is and can be and and so and like yeah like at the root of that is the father-son dynamic isn't it and um yeah it's just like yeah it's just really like the like it's interesting like sam's relationship with his dad and jamie's relationship with his dad and ted's like relationship with his dad and like like it's just yeah it's it, it's one of the, like, you know, when Ted goes, um, I love meeting people's moms because it's like a, um, what's it? Like a, what's the word? Did you say instruction manual for why they're nuts? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like that with dads as well. Like when, when you get that scene in season one where you meet Jamie's dad for the first time, you just go, ah, okay. You know? Yeah. Like, it that explains it. Sense. Yeah. 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 Not to just keep, heaping accolades on Ted Lasso, but also, I mean, that's kind of just what we do. Uh, I, I, I think a less well done show would just kind of purposely create some toxic masculine character mm-hmm. and just kind of keep pointing to that and go, don't do that. Don't do that. As opposed yeah. to just kind of exhibiting what exhibiting constructive performances of masculinity and going, here's, here's how to live as a man as a responsible man in a society, it's, it's not how dare toxic masculinity it's here are all of these other options. And mm-hmm. I think that's just such a drastically, you're not spoon feeding the medicine of going, don't do this. It's just here, here are other ways to live. Yeah. And it, it's, it's so good. Right. And also kind of illustrating that it's not a, a matter of black and white. It's not your, toxic or you're not it's like like you just said there's so many different ways yeah to live your life yeah. in a positive way 100 yeah. um and i think like jamie's jamie's arc in this season is really interesting because like we're watching somebody just like doing a lot of unlearning and mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. that's another like you know like there are some people who have been conditioned in a way so like they are like they are toxic and they do like have a lot of you know like preconceived ideas of what like strength is or what masculinity is and and I think like it's important to like also see that journey because not everybody is Ted not everybody is Sam like some people are Jamie and some people do need to like unlearn a lot of stuff that they've gotten from their parents or from the media or you know like stuff they watch and stuff they listen to and so um, I think yeah, yeah also giving people the space to change is like massively important I think that's like a big lesson that Sam learns through all of this is ah okay like the Sam and Jamie relationship is also one of I trust Ted. I'm going to give this guy space and out of it is coming this like really cool friendship, which is what Sam desperately wanted in the first season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it's really interesting that you bring up family to him uh, going back to the Emily Vanderwerf article. And Johnny, maybe you could speak about this a little bit more, but her observation of Ted Lasso kind of subverting the very American trope of family is everything. At the end of the day, you always have family mm-hmm. uh, and family is the most important thing. And then here is this episode. Higgins is trying to go, well, your father is a very important person, Jamie, which is a good sentiment. But also you see uh, James's behavior and it's so reprehensible. It's such a boundary violation. It is so cold yeah. and so devoid of love. And here's this thing of going, maybe family isn't everything. Maybe it truly is the family that you choose you can move past these things if you right. make that choice. If, yeah. And if you need it, you know what I mean? Yes. That if you need it, what a great distinction. Yes. Mm. Um, and Roy, I think in this episode, as we get into the, as we scoot into the Jamie and Roy, um, I really love the Roy's opening kind of learning through Phoebe being in trouble at school for first for a potty mouth. Uh, using that as a as a way for him to learn how much influence he has on the people around him, yeah, which uh, ties in later to how he reacts to what Jamie is going through, knowing that Jamie needs a positive influence. To uh, yeah, that to moment him. was uh, was I, I, I was there. We, my me and Tahib, we were there. We saw the whole thing. We filmed the the whole day. Yeah. Yet when it happened, I was when I watched it on 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 Friday, I was like, "Oh my god, I think I'm going to tear up." Like this is this is so well done. Oh yeah. That was the most uncomfortable scene I think I've ever, maybe not ever, but in a long time that I've seen. Like it was truly so hard to watch his dad behave this way and Ugh. then for Jamie to then be pushed and then have to punch his own dad in front of an entire team of like you know, grown adults, like, the, oh my gosh, so uncomfortable, so quiet. It was also silent. The only scene that was shot handheld, so it had like a chaotic feel. Mm. Yeah, it's that was hard to watch, but it's uh, really hard to watch. And I also love that the choice to not have like the entire team go in for a group hug and make it more realistic of everybody just being kind of shell shocked, like, what just happened? Yeah, what do we do? This is uncomfortable. And just letting Roy be the one to embrace him. That was, uh, I thought that was a great choice. How many yeah. times did y'all have to shoot that? A lot. A lot. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was a very heavy, uh, heavy, heavy, heavy scene to shoot. But then, yeah. then like, again, more power to, uh, to, to Phil. And uh, I forget the, the, the guy who plays his dad's name, his real name. But he, oh my God, he was so good. Yeah, yeah in a scene like that, is it hard sometimes to remember that, like, I'm in a scene and I'm acting? Because <laughs> I feel like it would be easy sometimes to just slip into, like, we're watching this amazing performance. I feel like it's like there's two ways to go about it. It's either you're like, oh, yo, don't talk to my friend like that. And mm. you forget that you're in a scene. Or you're you're, like, completely out of it and you're just like, Yo, those two are such good actors. Yeah. yeah. And you're trying to pick up on things and you try to like learn and take notes kind of, you know. But I yeah. think uh, Tahib has a story about the dad, right? I have a story about the dad. 
Yeah, wasn't it you? I don't think I have a story about the dad. <laughs> did, you, did you see him on the on the tube? No, I think this was Billy. Is oh it, yeah, it was Billy. Billy. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah. sorry, yeah, because you guys look alike so much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Billy is uh, Colin, the guy who plays Colin. Yeah, and so <laughs> Billy was telling us that uh, he used to see him on um, on the on on the tube, and he was always like that guy was always. I need to stop saying that guy, and I need to look for his name because Kieran O'Brien. Kieran O'Brien. So Kieran was on the tube, and he's always rehearsing lines, and he would do it. Like my, my, my seat was, uh, right in front, right next to the entrance. And so he kept like doing like pacing around my area and he kept rehearsing his lines. And apparently he used to do that on the tube too. And he was rehearsing lines, rehearsing lines. And so people (laughs) wouldn't sit next to him because they were like, that guy's crazy. But uh, Billy was like, Oh, he's rehearsing lines right now. And and I think he was on a play or something. Yeah. Yeah. He seems intense. Yeah, he's so, but he's such a nice guy. He's, he's a nice cool. dude. Super nice dude. Yeah. Really, really nice. What's funny about that day is for me, me and Mo Hashim, who plays Bumba Catch, we were fasting at that point. And yeah. like it was right at the end of the day, like right where we were like about to break fast. And like we had done that scene so many times. And I remember like just a couple of those takes, like I just genuinely wasn't hungry. <laughs> like I was like so involved in like what was happening because of how how incredible like uh, Phil and Kieran and, and Brett were and, and Jason as well in the back. Like, like I just remember, you know, like Chip, uh, one of our producers would come up to me and be like, yo, like you can sneak out and like go grab a bite. And I was like, yo, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> like, I think, I think I'm okay. Um, like, it, like, so like that moment of, you know, like what are you thinking when you're watching people just be awesome in front of you and like be completely in their element and, be at the peak of yeah. their powers. Um, it's yeah, like it's it's everything Mo says. Like you're you're with them, you're in character, but you're you're like in like four different places at once. And and I think that's yeah. what it's like for me. Like I was starving, also not starving, also in character, mm. and also not in character. And it was just like yeah, like it's yeah, like the moments where you're not on camera and there are it's an angle where you're just sat there and like you can't be seen is a moment where you just get to sit to heave the actor mm. to heave the friend. And just like watch your watch your friend be awesome, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you remember it was completely quiet in between takes. Yeah, mm. yeah. Everybody was just like, "Yo, this is like too heavy to joke or say anything." No one, no one spoke to Phil in between takes. Like just out, out of respect, like yes, stay in your yeah, like, stay in your in your in your feelings right now, dude. It was crazy. Phil was unbelievable in that scene. Phil is always unbelievable. Phil's unbelievable full stop. Like he's like, I keep sending voice notes and just being like, dude, like you are genuinely brilliant. And, um, and in the first season as well, like I, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, like he's, I think people need to watch his interviews more to realize how much he isn't Jamie Tart. So then yeah. when you, yeah. you figure out like how real he makes that, like how real he makes Jamie as a person and how far removed that is from Phil Dunster, the human being, like I think people would put some more respect on his name. Cause like, I mean, me for one, like, I, I don't know if like I should say this or if I'm allowed to say this, but like when he didn't get, you know, like when he wasn't one of the people who were nominated for an Emmy, I was genuinely scratching my head. And I was like, yeah. oh, this guy needs to do more interviews because the Phil you meet is, you know, like, just like so completely removed from from Jamie Tart, and so yeah, like he's he is just extraordinary, and he's the. I, I don't even think people would be would if if he would be in the room with you, you wouldn't realize that that guy plays Jamie Tart. Yeah, you wouldn't. He's just yeah, you know. he's incredible. 
It's a great uh, Manchester accent. Yeah. You wouldn't know. Um, I like uh, I like a lot of the subtle nods to the different relationships that people have with their fathers. I, I noticed on the iPhones when Sam's father calls, it's like a nice, bright, and colorful screen. Mm. And then we see Jamie's phone when his father calls, and it's dark, and dad is in quotes. Oof. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. even that. That's dark. <laughs> so dark. <laughs> yeah, if you all don't mind me asking, and you can dive in deep or not dive in deep, if your dads are still with us, what is your relationship with your dads? Uh, for me, it's, uh, it's like... Um... I never, I never saw my parents together, really. So he was, he was always there, though. Like he lived, we lived in Montreal. He lived in Vancouver, mm. so we were like he paid school for us and all of that. So we, we still had a relationship, but it's, it's not as much as like let's say like to he like is like you live with your dad, you're with your parents, right? <laughs> so it's definitely not the same. Mm. Yeah. yeah, like my my relationship with my dad is you know like his as good of a relationship as you can get like he's like my dad is my ted lasso in real life like if i had wow um, yeah so like i have like almost like like i have the exact same relationship that you know sam has with his dad where like everything i do i do to make you know like my parents proud and like i kind of do for them like they've sacrificed so much to put me in the position that i'm in right now and so so yeah like they're like my dad is my my rock and so i think i'm you know like a prime example of somebody who had a good positive role model in my life and so like where, where I grew up in London is a, a place in South London called Brixton which is which you know in the early 2000s and the you know 2010s was a really rough area um and so like people would always say like oh yo like you came out of Brixton like me and my older brother like two boys coming out of Brixton without being involved in you know like like gang activity or or like going to prison or, or just like losing their way in any way like I directly linked to having like a positive male role model in my life which a lot of my friends didn't and and because of that like just got led astray because the only like positive male role model you have is another guy who's doing all sorts of stuff like do you know what I mean so so yeah like I think that like having my dad around like saved me and um and and yeah like i just feel like super privileged to like have a cool relationship with my pops you know yeah funny the funny thing is for me it was uh it was coaches like when i played football american football yeah it was all the coaches that i had throughout the years that were like role models where it was like oh i want to be like that guy when i grow up yeah yeah so it's kind of the same as uh, as ted where he's a coach and funny thing is jason has uh uh, we've worked together twice now and both time he played my coach. <laughs> nice. nice. So interesting. Like, I feel like the show has been super therapeutic and I'm, I'm very close with my dad. Like my parents got divorced when I was a kid and like, I don't have a lot of memories similar to you, Mo. I don't have many memories of my parents being together, but we weren't that close, probably elementary through high school, like, you know, come for birthdays and like that kind of stuff. But we weren't like hanging out every weekend. And I feel like with age, like we've just gotten so much closer. Like I look forward to my like Sunday FaceTimes with my dad and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm glad that we were able to kind of build a relationship. But I've it's just so interesting to watch all of these characters who've had such struggles with their parent. Like I had never even considered like my dad being a quote bad dad. I just remember feeling like I don't know. I just don't hang out with my dad very often. So yeah, it's interesting. Mm. 
Yeah, I definitely feel feel blessed with the relationship that I have with my dad when I, whenever I see like storylines like this or hear yeah. about hear from friends who have, you know, unfortunate relationships with their parents. Yeah. yeah. And just going back to the show and going back to the hug when Roy is the one that hugs Jamie and it's, he's been rejected by the father that he has. And then Roy is the father that he's got in that moment. Mm -hmm. Jamie's been looking up to Roy ever since he was a child. We hear that in season one. And that's also a complicated relationship. But who's there to pick up the pieces, to help him pick up the pieces? It's Roy. Yeah. With something that so clearly makes him uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But he can just knows that Jamie needs this at this moment. And it is... uh, it's 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 really well done. Yeah, and I like that you can even in the hug you can see him transition from being not. I don't want to say that he did it as an obligation, but when he first hugged him, he hugged him with fists, and then you see the shot of him like slowly open his hand and like press his palm against Jamie. Well, it's 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 the lasso effect and performative kindness because performative kindness is not necessarily a bad type of manipulation because if you are performing kindness, it still feels by its nature like a good thing. You're still being kind. Mm-hmm. And for someone like Roy, who is participating in performative kindness, it means so much. Oh, yeah. At this moment. Yep. Um. I also think it's really interesting that the machoist, like the biggest dog in that room is, is the person who, who goes and like gives a hug to, to Jamie, because then like, it just like, you're, you're in a room with, you know, like 20 other like young men. And in that moment, because it's Roy and he's, you know, like the captain before Isaac was the captain. It's like, that's, that's your example of like what, Yep. like strong masculinity is and mm-hmm. that's him being a captain that's him standing up that's him leading the team again and just like showing these young men like how to behave and how to be with one another because yep. you know had Roy not done that you know like Ted hadn't walked out by that point but you know maybe Ted would have gone and given him a hug but like out of the players like I'm just kind of you know right now I'm thinking like what would have happened if Roy didn't hug him like what would have happened next and you know like, like I think a lot of people just wouldn't have known what to do um, I, I was having a conversation with um, one of my friends and she was talking about one of her friends who had just been um, like somebody tried to snatch her bag or something and it like really shook her up. And so um, her friend went to her house and knocked on her door and she was really shaking out. Oh my God, are you okay? And then she just went, um, no, I'm really scared and I need a hug. And I remember mm-hmm. she told me that story and I was like, I've never said that to any of my male friends ever in my life. I'm really scared and I need no. a hug. And like, I was thinking, I was like, what would I, what would happen if I did say that? Like, I think, you know, like my friends are cool people, like they'd probably hug me, but it would just be a bit like, oh, like this is, you know, it's, and so like, yeah, like people are just probably like, those players sat around in that moment probably had no idea what comes next in that situation. Like we've never seen anybody be this vulnerable and this shaken up and yeah, like, like, you know, and so like you just need an example and Roy gives him that example and you're the machoest man in there. And that's not a yeah. weak moment. That's a moment of strength. And you know, yeah. I think, yeah, it's just, show's pretty cool, man. <laughs> <The show's> yeah. <laughs> it's a good show. Oh, that was Kenny's catchphrase. 
Yeah. yeah, but as Tahib stated before, not as good as the power, which will be coming. <laughs> <soon>. <laughs> uh, the power is like actually like the complete opposite. Like it's set in um, like it's a you know it's a feminist like piece, and so um, like in the way that Ted Lasso is like really identifying like masculinity and how like men need to be around each other in the in the football world. Like this is you know the complete opposite world for me. So I remember coming off the first season of Ted Lasso, where I'd been around boys for four months you know like it was like such a like male dominated energy to then pick up and go onto this show where you know like every head of department is a woman like it's just like it, there's like it's the complete opposite in that like there's women everywhere in, in this show like it's it's really cool but at the end of the day like they're both examining the same thing which is like what happens when to- toxic masculinity just kind of like goes rogue and like that's the world that we live in now. Like it's a very yeah, like, yeah, society and stuff. So yeah, like completely different shows, but at the end of the day, like tackling the same thing. I know I don't have um, a preference. I mean, I do have a preference. I've done Ted Lasso more, so I'm, I'm, more, I'm more. Like if I had to pick now, like you know, what I mean, I've done two seasons of Ted Lasso and still on the first season of Power. But um, dude, it, it, you're done. Dude, you're done. It was cool working with you. Okay. Yeah. Nobody, nobody asked you to pick one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, great. I don't have to. <laughs> very very different shows but um but yeah. yeah um shout out to higgins in the closet yeah in the closet man just mvp again <laughs> he's killing it jeremy oh, is killing it so funny man like and also again the nicest guy so 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 cool like such an awesome yeah guy. yeah jeremy in the closet man higgins in the closet let's talk about rebecca and sam ow mm. Why? Just because we contractually obligated to Mo. Yeah. (laughs) We finally get the moment of uh, Rebecca and Sam realizing that they've been talking to each other this whole time on banter. Oh, great payoff. Yeah. Sam's more uh, amused by it. Rebecca's kind of terrified at first, anyway. Oh my goodness. Uh, (laughs) The to heap the laugh that you give as soon as Sam finds out is just one of my favorite laughs (laughs) that I have ever. It is so joyful and it's so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, (laughs) um, I mean, that scene was really fun to shoot because um, like I love Hannah Waddingham with all my soul, man. Like she's, she's, I, I can't explain how awesome she is. Like, she's just really, really, really cool. Um, she's just a really down to earth, lovely person. And I feel like people maybe like don't get that sense. Like I know how I viewed her. Cause you just kind of look at her and she's like, awesome, like super like boss bitch energy. And, and you like, you see that, but then people don't also see the version of her where she just like turns up to work in trainers and track suits and, is making like loads of like really dumb jokes. Ah! And, do you know what I mean? Like she's like really, really yeah. cool. And I feel like this storyline was so much easier for me to shoot because I was shooting it with Hannah. But um, so yeah, like that's all, all of that is just to say like that, that scene in the, in the restaurant was one of my favorite scenes to shoot in the whole of this season. Uh, just cause I got to hang out with Hannah all day and like, just like tell jokes and, and do, it's just, yeah, it's really fun. Sai and I, turn to each other when the Rex Orange County song started playing oh, for that mm-hmm. montage because we love that song. It was like, oh my Beautiful God, it's like choice. the perfect, perfect song for this. Also, yeah. Tahib, you were looking mwah, 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 mwah. so wonderful. Beautiful <laughs> cream turtleneck. Come on, the blue suit. Wonderful. And then 
Hannah Waddingham, um, her her team, whoever who's ever styling her, like yeah. knows her color palette. Like this mauvey pink look for her is just oh, it's everything. Mm. I'm glad I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> thoroughly, I thoroughly Jackie, enjoyed. Right? Uh, Tahib, huh? That was Jackie. Jackie, yeah, Jackie Levy, man. She's 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 like everything, you know. Like she's um our head of um is she what she she's our costume designer. And um, yeah. she's like really cool. Like she's she's the lady she's that, like, listen, man, like I want I want Jordans and she's like, mm, and then she makes it happen, you know, like she's she's that, that <sighs> people like she's just awesome, man. And um and she's also the person that like when I like want to stay within my own like safety net of stuff that I've worn before that I know looks good, she goes, Try this, and then you you try it on and you go, Never doubt Jackie, you <laughs> know. So yeah, she's That's awesome. true. And she is, she is the lady you're speaking about that understands Hannah's uh, color palette. And Hannah's also Give, me, give yeah. her all of my love in, in will, just I will. praise. I will shoot her a WhatsApp message and be like, yeah. She is so good. To this, to this bit of the podcast and be like, just, these are your flowers. Yeah. You deserve them. These are your flowers, <laughs> truly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always, we're always talking about how good Isaac looks, like mm-hmm. just the costume design for everybody. There's nobody that's like skipped over. It, it's all amazing. Mo, you were in a fun outfit too. Like during the <laughs> yeah. haircut. Or was it the haircut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was super fun. Is that like your normal style or was that just like a and so funny, everybody, style? Everybody kept telling me, like, oh my God, like this is so you. Like you were dressed like that. I'm like, absolutely not. I don't wear colors. <laughs> <laughs> like I love my favorite designer is Rick Owens. Uh, Rick Owens, and Rick Owens is known for just black. Like it's just mm. black oh, so clothes. funny. Yeah, I always uh, that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, You're it like looks great. Steve Jobs yeah. type. Kinda, yeah. Nice. Mo actually does have a really good fashion sense. Like it kills me to say it, but like guys love like <laughs> <laughs> Um do you have access to the the costumers in the show when you're like going to a to an event, an award show or anything, can you like, do you, do you like call them up and you're like, what should I wear? <laughs> um, I know, I know Brett did when we were doing the Saga Awards, Brett was just, kind oh, of, you know, everybody else was, you know, like doing like designer stuff. And like, we kind of have like our own, like my agent and like publicist kind of sort that stuff out and it's separate to the show. Um, but like, I remember Brett was just kind of like, listen, the suit I wanted to get isn't coming in time let me wear one of, um, you know, like Roy's suits. And so like Jackie sort of them oh, out nice. there for the flag awards. And, and so like, yeah, like if there's ever any time where I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure. Or, you know, like I, I don't have like the fashion expertise that, that Jackie does. Like you can always just shoot someone on WhatsApp and be like, hey. And like that's less uh, I'm your head of costume. It's more just like I'm Jackie, your friend. And if you need my eye, you've got it, which is also why that's Jackie awesome. is awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for real. Yeah. Shout out to Jackie. Um, after the dinner that uh, Sam and Rebecca have, Ugh. they had a wonderful time. Uh, they share a quick kiss at Rebecca's Ugh. door. Yeah, exactly, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Tahib, how was it kissing Hannah? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my days. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Like, it's just, it was like really, just like really awesome. Like she's like, she's Hannah and she's like super gorgeous inside and out. And so like, mm-hmm. it, like it wasn't tough. It was, um, it was really great. Uh, how many takes on the, for the first kiss? 
<laughs> I don't remember. I genuinely don't remember. Um, it was like I, yeah. I don't know. Like we were just like I don't know, like being professional about it. I guess like it, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it yeah. was. It was a. It was like it was a big deal only because like me and Mo have a thing where we've like spent our whole time arguing over over who who um who Hannah should eventually marry. And so like when I had um like kissing scenes with Hannah and stuff, this was just like checkmate for me. So um so so I was like <laughs> I spent all my time while I was kissing Hannah thinking about Mo hmm. is the that's the, the <laughs> yeah. it's not the best use of your time, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no it isn't. Um but yeah no like it, it was awesome. Like all every everything to do with all of those scenes were were great because it's Hannah and um and she's dope. <laughs> Truly I mean after we saw the scene where, so Rebecca, you and Rebecca are texting because she sees your um, interview after the game. You guys are texting and she's like, okay, uh-huh. maybe let's hang out. And you're like, here's my address. And then she's like, down my glass of wine. I'm going to Sam's house. And then you're there. Okay. You then uh-huh. proceed to have a hallway smoocheroo. And I literally, I told Kenny this too. I like look at John and I'm like, why am I not being accosted in the hallway more often? Like, I need this. Like, oh my gosh, so hot and bothered. Yeah, man. Oh. Uh, also, hallway, hallway Smoocheroo was also my favorite uh, 1960s beach movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such oh, great work. I really enjoyed the show. Um, I'll try it, and I'll try thinking of Mo while I do it. <laughs> All that chemistry people think I see between me and Hannah is just, I'm just thinking of Mo. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, I like how uh, Sam is reading Roy's copy of Wrinkle in Time. At least I think it's Roy's copy. It is Roy's copy. Nice. Um, nice. I was, this is a Jasonism. This is another thing that like Jason just... Um, you know, like this is like magic that Jason just sprinkles on on the show every now and then, and and you like so like me taking um Hannah's jacket in the karaoke scene in season one was another Jason moment of just going Sam should take this jacket, and everyone's just kind of like mm. why, and he doesn't tell anyone, and we just like we just learn to not question him when he does stuff like this. So um we were doing that scene, and like we did we did a couple of takes without um without the book. And then like Jason, Jason comes in, gives me the book and goes, okay, Roy's giving you this book and you're reading it. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so that's, that's what it is. But it is officially Roy's copy because people have been asking on Twitter and I have said yes a couple of times, nice. but some people don't um, see it. So yeah, officially. Roy. Confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. You heard it here first. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Twitter made a list of all the books being read on Ted Lasso. Sure. Yep. Yes. Oh, for sure. I've got the article at least for season one from Danica Ellis at Book Riot. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and then there's someone else on Twitter that uh, is also keeping a current list. And I would imagine that Danica Ellis is going to update her list at some point. I, I referenced it yeah. because I was. Oh, boy. Oh, the 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 bird by bird reference that. Mm. uh Ted yells to Beard as Beard is walking off because that is a uh, book by Anne Lamott. And I, I just had no idea what that phrase was. Uh, and so I just looked it up and her article helped me a great deal. The end. Yeah. A lot of references to literature. Yeah. Yeah. This season, especially. Yeah. yeah. Mo Tahib, are you guys readers at all? Do you, uh, no, do you dive I'm, in? I'm, if it's not a script, uh, it's hard for me to read. 
Yeah. Um, I, I dabble a little bit, um, but again, I wouldn't call myself a reader, but like I do get attached to like some books that um, that I'm reading. So like I like I was reading Matt Haig's uh, Reasons to Stay Alive, which is one of my favorite books ever, uh, which is really cool. And there's another book I was reading. Uh, uh, it's called A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. Do you know it? It's um it's a New York. It's a New York book. It's like it's a really it's a really big book. It's like 900 pages, which is big for me because I don't really read that much. But um, it's just like the coolest book ever. Um, it's set around these four New York uh, college students, well, uni students, college, college for you guys. Um, and so, like, it starts when they're in uh, college and they're four friends, four boys, and it just, like, kind of journeys their life, their their friendships, their, you know, career goals, like, all of that stuff. It just journals all of that, like, right up until their, like, 50s and 60s. And, and it's just, like, an incredible book. And I remember by the time I finished it, it just made me want to be a good friend. Like it, cause you know, it got to a certain point in the book where like their careers had happened. Some of them are successful. Some of them aren't like none of that stuff matters. What matters is who's with you on your birthday when you're 58, you know, like, and, and, mm. and it's just, you know, like a lot of the characters, like one of the characters especially is, you know, really dealing with some, pretty horrific trauma that's like coming up as you as you go through the book and it's just about like his friends being his rock and his family and um and yeah like it's a it's a it's just an awesome book i would really advise everybody to read it it might break your heart and tear you apart but um it's just awesome it's called a little life by hanyo Tahib, weren't you reading a, a book that you were telling us about during uh i think episode 10 or something like that um hmm Remind me. You remember it was a collection of poems by one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, so. I'm also like massively into poetry. I write like spoken word poetry and stuff. Like oh that. wait, you oh. said poems? Poems, yeah. Oh my god, Mo! I thought you said porn. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, completely different. Um, I thought he was setting you up. Okay, porn? keep like, going. I apologize. Like, it's a book of porn, like written porn, like. I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just a scrap. <laughs> um, it's a, no, a book of poems by a guy called Caleb Femi. It's called Poor by Caleb Femi. And uh, a friend of mine wrote it for me for my birthday. Mm. And it's just like a collection of short poems about, you know, like life as a, I've actually got it in front of me right now because I took it to South Africa with me. But um, it's, it's just a collection of poems about um, like life in South London for like young black working class kids. And like I was reading it and I just, I remember saying out loud, who is Caleb Femi and why does he know everything about me? Because like the book, mm. so, oh. so like, yeah, it's just, it's brilliant. So that, that's what I was reading. Um, I'll be curious to know with the Sam and Rebecca story going uh, forward, like, will there be any kind of, I don't know, fallout just based on the, the moral question of, you know, a team owner mm-hmm. being involved with the player. Um, looking forward to seeing I mean, how that plays out. As a Sam and Rebecca shipper myself, uh, I think it's going to be smooth sailing here. They've achieved their happy ending and uh, going to miss them <laughs> uh, because <laughs> it's they're they're just done. Like they're getting married in the next episode, and I'm very excited to see their wedding. And they're going to have lots of babies, and it's going to oh, be great. Man. There'll be some pretty kids, man. Like those kids would be gorgeous. So pretty. <sighs> gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Um, <sighs> <laughs> That's just on Hannah. Not- <laughs> thank you, thank you, Mo. thank you, thank you. Mo. 
<laughs> um, yeah, it's um, it's just really cool because like there's two ways of looking at it. Like you can either put yourself in the bubble and just go like, let's deal with Sam and Rebecca as themselves. The rest of the world doesn't exist and just deal with that. And then when you deal with it that way, it's like just awesome as two people who make themselves happy and are like going to be good people to each other, which is especially important for Rebecca because she just had like, you know, like especially her, her relationship with Rupert was like super traumatic. And so to just have somebody who's like a safe space for her is the most important thing. And so there's that way of looking at it. Yeah. But then she's also his boss. And like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, that's its own, that's its own thing. I'll just, yeah, just, just, I'm going to leave people mm-hmm. to watch and see for themselves, you know. You can just text us what happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. <laughs> oh, weird. I just got a text from Tahib saying they smooch forever. <laughs> that's just, <laughs> thank <Smooch> you. <laughs> wow. I love uh, the moments in this episode with the team, like celebrating with you when you finally get oh. an answer from from Boss Girl, and and the way they're all cheering and, and rooting when you're getting a haircut. It just it it's nice to see the team just like support each other so much, and you can kind of just feel that all of you, all the actors are they they feel that way about each other in real life. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was funny because that scene was uh, a lot of improv when we were just, uh, when the camera goes around us, it was just improv and we were just talking about stuff. And mm-hmm. again, Phil is one of the best, like, impro dude on on, on, on the on set. He's such a, he's so good at improv it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phil, Phil and Billy are the two people I'd, I'd put up there out of the play. Anyway. Yeah. Like, I'll just like always trying to make somebody laugh or make somebody corpse, <laughs> you know, let me just with stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But what was really interesting about that, like, is, you know, like what we wanted was to get that like barbershop energy that you, mm-hmm. that you have yeah. where everybody's got an opinion about something. And like, it's just as like, it's, it's Reddit in real life, you know, like people are just like talking and arguing and debating and, and, and it's that, and it's wholesome. But for us, we were shooting during a pandemic. And so we weren't ever really allowed to be with each other. Like we had our COVID team who were, you know, keeping us safe and keeping us apart. And so that was like one of the first moments where we were all indoors. We were allowed to just like take our masks off and be next to each other and just like vibe. And so Mm. some of that is also just a lot of that energy coming out. And it's like, oh my goodness, like I can touch somebody and I can just like hold friends. And and so, yeah, like we're really close close as as a company, as a cast. Like we've got like so many group chats, we go out all the time. And, um, and so, yeah, like I think people are starting to see that on camera as well. Like we just have like a real, you know, kinship with yeah. everyone. And that goes for all the players, even the supporting artists and like the the players you see less of, like we're all just really cool. Tahib, have you been hanging out with the boys since uh, since the show's been Yeah, done? yeah, yeah, bro. Like me, uh, Mo, I spent a lot of time with Mo Hash. Uh, he plays Bumper Catch. I always say that every time I say Mo Hatch, in case people don't know who he is. But um, sorry, who does Mo Hatch play? Uh, a guy called Bumper Catch. Okay, just checking. Um, he, me and him, <laughs> me and him, um, me and him hang out a lot. But also Dijon, who plays uh, Coburn, and um, Tanaka, who plays Roberts. Um, like that's kind of like our main group. So like me, Dijon, Tanaka, um, Kola, Billy. Like just like we're a group and we go out together all the time because we're like the Londoners. Everybody else has like gone to LA and mm-hmm. stuff. So so like yeah, we hang out, mm-hmm. we put our own group chat, like we do, we do motors, like we're just boys now, you know. 
I love that. Tahib, who is the better Mo? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, it depends. If I had to like, could you give me categories and then I like pick? Oh my lord! <laughs> I mean, I, I actually I just feel like I feel like we have two mo's and and like we call Mo Hash Mo and we call Mo Judila more other Mo and I kind of feel like that that like speaks volume. Oh my <laughs> God. Is that what we do? around. Anything else in this uh, storyline that we should touch on before we get to a, a game that Sai put together? Uh, just a uh, uh, last thing about uh, we forgot I, w- I forgot to say about uh, the Sharon and uh, Ted thing mm-hmm. is uh, shout out to Sarah Niles oh who's been yes. killing it. She's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, she does so much with her eyes. It's unbelievable. Uh, while we're on the topic of Sharon and Ted, uh, talking about the pinball machine that Ted is playing, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, pinball machine and he's coming for ACM and at least according to Bill Lawrence's Twitter ACM means something mm. that Ooh. is someone Interesting. Uh, and I have no idea who that might be have people, have people been responding to it on, on Twitter oh there's a massive reddit thread of trying to con- figure out who it is okay interesting uh uh, I think one guess was Rupert, uh, sure. where ACM would be AC Mannion, uh, okay. I guess, Athletic Club Mannion. Hmm. Uh, another one was May, which would be uh, awesome, cool May or something. Along <laughs> those sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have no idea. But also, it's just interesting that it's a Wizard of Oz pinball and that's Kansas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She leaves Kansas. You will get an answer soon, is all I'll say to that. Oh, shit. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got excited. <laughs> Perhaps next, next week. Um, soon. Soon is, you know. Soon. I mean, I think, right? No? Like, we do. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, maybe. I seem to. Yeah. I don't. I think I, I, think I know who it is. But now, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like. Do I know, or is this just something I've met? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe it'll be discussed. Maybe it won't. Who knows? Who guess? Are are any of those guesses hot or cold? You don't have to say that it's right. But um, cool or warm? Um, I'd I'd say be be adventurous in your in your takes. Mm. Maybe, maybe yeah, like, yeah. I just want to encourage people to you know like really really be bold and brave with their with their um yeah it's not sam just in case anyone's thinking <laughs> sam's in the pub playing um that's one thing i will rule um but yeah no i'm getting oracle energy from you be brave in your takes it's <laughs> mysterious but it's powerful not, it's, it's more magic eight ball than <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right what are we doing some fight night or something well, uh, speaking of Fight Night, Cy, I think that's a great segue into our, our weekly segment, Football Fight Night. Ah! 
resident football coach expert, James Fight, which you can find on Twitter at T-E-H Fat Ghost. Each week, he contributes some of his musings on the soccer or slash football that is played in the episodes that we're talking about, including these notes. <clears throat> I know for a story they needed to lose, but boy, oh boy, the goalie sucked. I get why they had the whole team not too great for a story, but I have coached 10 years who could have stopped most of those goals. I think there was a penalty kick and I never fault the goalie for those. That being said, we all have those games where we are all just forgetting how to play because we're blinded by something, whether it's just nerves or something. Hmm. Anyway, same thing happened to me when I played in high school. Long story short, it should have been an easy win for us, but I was real bad and let five goals in. So, yeah. Uh, Don't feel too bad, Terry Zorro. Uh, our football expert is going through the exact same thing. He was just never a pro. So that's yeah. James fights notes on this week's football in our segment, football fight night. Yeah. Zorro had a rough, rough match. Well, well we don't know if that was Zorro or just Mo just being a terrible goalie, just in general. We should have asked him on the show, but I bet, in the script, they were supposed to win. Yeah. But he was just so bad that they had to, to change the whole storyline of the show. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> That's I can you imagine show. that they would just do that on the fly? <laughs> well, <laughs> can't win. We just can't do it. It's oh, not boy. plausible. Uh, Thank you, James. Um, oh, real quick. I just wanted to give a shout out of congratulations to... A couple uh, winners from the Creative Emmys last night. Hmm. Oh. AJ Cataline, who's been a guest on this show, won uh, the editing for a comedy series. uh, I think it was for episode 10 of season one is what they submitted, and he won for that. Nice. And Hmm. the show also won sound mixing for a comedy or drama series. That's interesting because I thought episode 10, I could really see the editing there. That's good editing. Yeah. This last episode, really great editing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so congrats, y'all. Yes. I think next week is the the other Emmys, the rest of the Emmys we can see, and we can watch that one on TV. Yeah. Nice. Uh, real quick, I want to thank, we had a donation <gasps> here at Lasso Cast. So I wanted to thank Lynn Davis for the kind donation. She she wrote a note in her, in the in the transfer I listened to you guys literally all day on Labor Day from the first episode up to season two, episode six. My husband had to work. And without you guys, it would have been a pretty lonely day. Get some Starbucks on me. (laughs) Thank you, Lynn. Very kind. Thanks. Thank you. Should we play a game? Let's play a game. Okay, folks. So. As we know, in episode eight, Sam and Rebecca have their first semi-official date. Um, So for today's activity, we will gain some insight into each of your dating style, um, playing a game called One Great Date. Um, And so in this universe, money and general logistics are not an object. We're just going to roll with what's happening here. Um, I will ask each of you guys the same question. John, Kenny, you're in there too. Um, Some will be multiple choice. Some will be open-ended. So essentially, we're building a date. And we're just going to see like what kind of dates you people go on. 
Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So question one. You open up the internet. So this could be an app or <laughs> a social media DM, whatever you you use, whatever. Um, you just log on to the raw internet, just unfettered. <laughs> just open the World Wide Web, see what you get. Ideally, your match is A, older than you, B, younger than you, or C, same age. And I think we already got to Heeb's answer, but Heeb, yes, we'll start with you. Um, ah, ideally your match is, um, I'm going to go for, I'm going to rock the boat. I'm going to go for same age. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is it, isn't there an option where it's like, uh, any? No. Like at random? No. (laughs) This is not how we're playing the game. Okay. I'll say, I'll say same then. (laughs) Or, okay, well, now I feel like is an that, asshole. Like a, I guess it could be any age. Is that, is that a lukewarm answer, though? Like, same age? Like, is that... Am I being... Am I, I guess. Being, I don't... You know what? I'm gonna well, just, now I've, I'll, I'll allow any age. <laughs> I guess who who would really No, you care? can't allow any age. That defeats the purpose of... <laughs> I wouldn't... Yeah, I'm sticking with, I'm sticking with same age. That's, that's it. I'm going to be... I'm sticking with same age, too, then. Great. Excellent. Two for same age. Johnny, who do you want? Slightly younger. Slightly younger. We're... Yeah, it worked for me. Uh, <laughs> Kenny, what about you? Slightly older. Ooh. I feel nice. like I'm going to get to know Kenny great today, too. <laughs> this is great. Okay. Question two. You decide to kick things off by meeting at the bar, you and your date. Um, what do you sip on to loosen up? This is an open-ended question. Uh, Tahib, we'll start with you. What are you drinking? Ooh. Or not drinking? Oh, wow. It depends when you catch because like there are like I really do take a lot of time off alcohol sometimes depending on like where I'm at. Like um, what am I drinking? If okay, if I'm drinking, I mean, I mean, you know what? I'm just gonna go for like a a, a chill vodka lemonade. Like you know, what I mean, just something with a little bit of lemon, a little bit of lime. Just like that's my that's if I have to pick a drink, I'm picking that. Or, or, or a white wine, or a white wine. Mm. I, chances are, I'm gonna go for the white wine. Actually, that's yeah. Like I, <laughs> you have a I, preference I, in the white wine uh, world? Um, not not really. Like I'm not really a big wine person. Like I don't really know much about it. I think I'd probably go for like a Sauvignon. That's what okay. I usually say. But yeah, that's there it. I'm, go. I'm gonna go for a wine. Love it, Mo. What you sipping on? Uh, fun fact for our rap uh, gifts, uh, Tahib brought us all like super expensive alcohol bottles. Oh. <laughs> so, like the Christmas episode, but for real and just off of him, like he's the one who went and bought us all crazy bottles of alcohol. So, so like, um, so cut cut to me in my trailer with like loads of alcoholic beverages. I don't I don't know what any of them are, and so I'm just like Mo, what do you like? Which one do you want? And and he's like, do do you know what you have? Like, do you know what this is? He's looking at it like I just brought in like the elixir of, of eternal youth. <laughs> yeah. I was like, bro, this is an expensive bottle. You don't just give this away to anyone. Like, and he was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> What did what did you end up with, Mo? 
Well, I, I, you know what? I actually didn't take anything. I was like, oh, it's best to just give it to, to the other guys. I, I, I'm okay. Uh, didn't you? Yeah. No, I didn't take anything. Oh, damn it. I didn't know that. No, it's okay. I, did, I didn't want to take anything. I was like, dude, like, uh, and also I was supposed to leave pretty soon. So I was like, I won't have time to finish it because oh, you can't yeah. bring alcohol. So I was like, oh, it's okay. Uh, I'll just. Oh, I didn't know I'll that. That I've got to get, I owe you a rap gift then. Yeah, yeah. If you wanna, you know, I like Porsches. We can discuss. We can discuss off, off, off the air. I was always trying to push that Porsche. He's like, somebody gotta get me a Porsche. <laughs> one day, like, somebody is gonna buy him a Porsche. <laughs> like, he's actually gonna swindle somebody into buying him a Porsche. And yeah, exactly. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, so at the bar on a date, which I would never do that, but I would I would do um, a tequila. I would anything with tequila. Nice. Now you're saying you would never go. Like I don't think on a first date I would go for drinks with. Uh, oh okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Good to know. Uh, Johnny, what about you? Uh, probably, probably just a straight up whiskey or a scotch on the rocks. Dope. Kenny, what about you? Uh, I have recently been introduced to the frozen drink delight that is a Dole Whip. Because <laughs> I am not a drinker, but uh, I, I have tried this and it was actually pretty tasty. So I would take a Dole Whip. Nice. And what about you, Sai? Uh, hmm. That's a really good question. I think it depends. Yeah, you were the one that came up with it. Yes, I oh, that's true. That's also me not patting myself on the back, more like, huh. Uh, I think I lean more toward the vodka with something refreshing in it, I suppose. Yeah. But also, like, I'm not a big drinker. So if I have liquor to start, then it's all just sparkling waters and maybe one other beer uh, following. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have to be smart. Um, yeah. Question number three, because your date loves adventures, you're surprising them with something fun. Uh, where are you headed next? A, snorkeling, B, skydiving, or C, race car driving? No. Wait, after drinking? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't got that through. These could be swapped. Maybe it's adventures, then booze. I don't know. This is just oh, second date. Sure. Like how, you guys have been out of the game for a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> you don't drink oh, and dive? God. All of that pointless straight to snorkeling. <laughs> I apologize. Safety implications are not a factor here. I apologize. Okay. okay. <laughs> so what are they again? Your race car racing, uh-huh. jumping out of a plane, and what's the third? Snorkeling. Oh, he's, uh, he's going first. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Tahib, kick us off. Ah, uh, okay. Um, I think. Wah, 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 wah. Um, I'm gonna go for skydiving. You know, there's a part of me that actually really wants Ooh. to skydive. Um, and me too. My, my brain is telling me to pick race car driving because it seems the least. Yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna go for skydiving. I'd actually really enjoy it. I think. Nice, Mo. What about you? I think I would do uh, race car driving. Hmm. In a Porsche. That feels on brand. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know me. 
Johnny, what about you? Uh, snorkeling, hands down. Wow. Kenny? Oh, I love snorkeling. Uh, I would just choose snorkeling just for my own selfish purposes and hope my date comes along. <laughs> I guess that's true. All of these assume <laughs> you want to do a thing it. and that they're into it. Yeah, but that's all right. Sigh? <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Um, Probably race car driving. Yeah. Yeah, Ended. for sure. Also, as a single guy, if you tell a girl like, yeah, let's go snorkeling, they'll be like, dude, I don't know you. <laughs> that's true yeah that's true this is why I mean, I'm not like building dates as a career just an career. <laughs> okay question number four you two have officially worked up an appetite what's for dinner Asian pizza pub fare or Italian Ital- oh sorry Italian it, it Italian immediate Italian is like my go-to food date thing like it's just yeah take me to an Italian and I'm I'm yours um yeah <laughs> <laughs> Mo what about you I would go Asian nice and light you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say Italian as well yeah okay. I, I I would say Asian but also that could I'm also just thinking of <laughs> like super dense uh, Chinese food, just like <laughs> sesame chicken with wontons, crabber and goon. But the, also, there's I think there's something pretty charming about pub food as yeah. well. Yeah, nice and informal. Yeah, nice. I'm gonna go with Asian because I like Asian food more. Nice, nice. I would do either Asian or Italian. I love noodles. It doesn't matter what's yeah. happening. I'm just a, a big noodle girl. Oh, I love noodles. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just glad that I can agree with a co-host about a food. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> question number five. Don't worry, there's only seven. We're we're getting there. Uh, question five. Oh, wait, uh, Sai, what are our points so far? There are no points. <laughs> we're winning? just getting yeah. to know each yeah, other. Yeah, who's, who's winning? We don't. Nobody wins. Nobody wins. <laughs> Do we just post okay. post all the profiles on Twitter afterwards? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just build a profile for each of you. Except for John. John gets no profile. <laughs> well, anyone else who's taken? I don't know anyone's status, but if you're secretly taken, then no profile for you. Um, question five. Over dinner, your date has three important questions. So you got to answer all three. Um, what time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up? And what is your astrological sign? And if you don't know your sign, I could probably Google it for you. Yeah. Um, I think I'm an Aries. I think I'm an Aries. Yeah. April 15th makes me an Aries. Yeah, I'm an Aries. That's the one that I remember the most. So, so yeah, I think I'm probably an Aries. What time do I go to bed? Um... It depends if I'm working or not. Mm, fair. Like, okay, let's just assume I'm not working regular to heave. What time do I go to bed? Probably late. I'd say maybe maybe midnight, one, one-ish. Yeah. Mm, okay. Uh, what time do I wake up? Definitely after 11. Like I'm a big old. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Like, but like when I'm, when I'm working, I'm the complete opposite. 
So um, yeah. like I'll make sure I go to bed early and then I'll wake up at six o'clock or where, like whenever I'm getting picked up for work. So, um, so yeah, like when I'm working super early, when I'm not working, I like stay up late and I start my days really late as well. Nice. Mm. Mo, what's uh, your sign? Oh, the funny thing is I, I'm the annoying guy that just never tells people his birthday. <gasps> oh, you're that guy. <laughs> No happy birthday, no surprise cupcakes, none of this? None of this. Unless you're like a, like a friend, like a super, super close friend. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People don't know my birthday. And, um, and I've, I've been on, on dates where I, I legit, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you my Zodiac sign. Cause, Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I don't want to be put in a, in a box. I think oh, it's a... Totally. Uh, yeah, I think. Oh, it, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's just that it's more like no, like I always say, if 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 God comes down with like like first off, if God comes down to give me a sheet of you, I might I'll be like, okay, just actually, God, we're gonna have to talk. And second, I wouldn't <laughs> even want to read the sheet that says like, yo, this is exactly who she is, because for me, it's more about like how I feel towards you and how we were vibing together more than than who you are on paper because Mm -hmm. so many times I've been like, Oh my gosh, she's perfect on paper. And then we just didn't completely, we were not good together. Um, so yeah. Sorry. We probably didn't match your astrological sign. I guarantee you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't like to be put in a box and I don't like to put people in boxes. I, I like to just, you know, see how we're together and that's it. Yeah. Classic Sagittarius. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 that's it. You got me. You got me. <laughs> and uh, I go to bed around like uh, 10 and I wake up at like 7 every day. Nice. Nice. Uh, I'm a Pisces. I go to bed at midnight. I get up at 7 a.m. Nice. Kenny. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm a Libra. Uh, my birthday is coming up very soon. <laughs> um, I oh boy, this is gonna make me look awful. I go to bed between two and three, yes. and I wake up by eleven forty-five. Because wow. if, if I sleep past then, then I will feel guilty. <laughs> Listen, yeah. no judgment here, but this is this, no. the whole thing. It's a lifestyle thing. Like if your person's like, I gotta be in bed by 8 p.m. They want to know, like, am I going to be able to maximize my days with you? It's just a question. Yeah, that's true. There's, yeah. A, there's an episode of this season of Modern Love that very much speaks to me about a woman that is a night owl. I, I, I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> What's Modern Love? Is that? Oh, it's a show on Amazon? Oh, oh it's, it's, it's the anthology thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. so good. I love it. Nice. So I wanted to go to bed. Uh, yeah, same as you. So what is it? Midnight-ish? <laughs> <laughs> Best yeah, intentions yeah. are 1030 and then it's, oh, it's midnight. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, we get up at like 6.45, 7-ish. Oh, it's too early. Yeah. Depends on if we're working out or what's happening that day. Yeah. Um, question six. You're really enjoying this person's company. So you want to stay a little longer. What's for dessert? Cheese, ice cream, cake, or cobbler? Tahib? Cake, preferably carrot or cheesecake. Ooh, wow. yes. Oh, those are my two faves. Yes. Sounds nice. like you two would really hit it off. 
<laughs> what are you doing later? <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you? What are you eating for dessert? Uh, I guess cheesecake. Nice. Man. Yeah. I was so prepared to say ice cream very quickly, but y'all got me thinking about cheesecake. <laughs> so I'd probably go cheesecake. Does cheesecake count as a cake? Uh, I know. It's very controversial. It's in the name. It is in the name, but you, why not consider it a cheese? Because cheese is in the name. Oh God! Or no, a pie, because it has a load-bearing wall. But it does have a load-bearing wall. <laughs> was pie an option? It was not. I substituted for cobbler. I'd be happy to throw pie in if that. I mean, cobbler is better than pie. Hmm. Mm, debatable. But mm, cheesecake debatable. for me. Kenny, what do yeah. you do? What is, what's your dessert? Uh. Man, I'm I'm looking. I mean, I'm not going to pick cheesecake because cheesecake was not one of the categories that was given. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with cake, and uh, I'm going to go probably with something like carrot cake because I feel like ice cream's a little bit too insubstantial. Cookies too small. Uh, cobbler is just a odd dessert choice, uh, and and cheese is just flat out not a dessert. Hands mm, down. You're wrong about that. You're wrong about Disagree. that. Um, isn't you wrong about that is cheese a dessert like is I it think in some communities yes isn't that what the French do don't they eat like cheese and chocolate every night oh really is that a thing I thought so oh I don't know. Yeah, but you're pairing it with chocolate which is a dessert item so you have permission <laughs> <laughs> like when I think of cheese I'm like, I think of like a cheese spread which is more of a star isn't it like, yeah. yeah it's a very Versatile food. Yeah, let, let's not mm, pick disagree. holes in size game. Let's just let's just take. Let's take <laughs> There's been several holes holes poked. We're we're leaking all over the place, but that's fine. The Swiss cheese. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So our last question here. Wait, did you pick? Did oh you no, I did not. I'm cobbler all day. Girl, Love okay. cobbler. Yeah. Nice. Um. Yeah. So for our last question, again, this is a judgment free zone. Just whatever your heart says. You both agree this is an amazing date. Mm. How do you end the night? A, with a hug. B, with a kiss. C, with an invite back to your place. Mm. Um, if mm. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a kiss and then, and then we'll leave it there. Because I'm like, okay. if, I'm, if I'm dating, dating, like, you know, then I'm like, all right, cool. Like, I want... I want to like take my time, like mileage. I actually want to like, you know, like see where see where this goes. It depends like what you want from the date, you know. Totally. Like, yeah. yeah, like that's that's the thing. So in my head, this is the perfect. Do you know what I mean? Person, we've gone skydiving for flip's sake. <laughs> like it's. I think yeah. I'm gonna end it with this, and we're gonna. Yeah, that's it. That's my thing. I love it. Uh, I would do C B A then back to B then C. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would definitely do. Uh, yep. <laughs> I would do B and C the vibe for C. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. What was the A's hug? A is just a hug. I would probably do a, an A and a B. Okay. Is that what we did? Uh, 
Aww. Aww. Yeah. Oh, you guys be sweet. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hard to kiss without a hug, right? I think you almost have to get both in there. That's how you get them. You could just leave them. With- <laughs> <laughs> I, John, I really don't like it whenever you put it like that. <laughs> I'm talking about kisses when I say M. Kenny, what would you do? I I'm gonna do C asterisk, even though I just flat out said a cheesecake is not uh was not one of the categories. But C, I'm gonna invite them back, but with no hanky panky. Mm. I just Mm. wanna be with you, man. Mm. Interesting. Okay. I that's fair. I just want to show him my Blu-ray collection. <laughs> look, here's look. I spent I spent a lot of money on this thing, man. I'm pretty proud of it. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> so who won? Again, nobody yeah, won. wins. But thank okay. you all for indulging me and our listeners. I feel like Wait, Sai, what would you do? Man, oh man! I mean, I'm probably um, I'm an A or a B or. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I'm an Airbnb. In my younger years, I will say a story. Um, I actually did go home with someone on the first day, but it was a similar situation that Kenny's describing. Like I was invited back and we just like hung out all night, but like no hanky panky. And that was cool. How was his Blue, Blu-ray collection? Yeah, did he have more than me? <laughs> I don't think he had a single Blu-ray. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What? Not even like one of those accidental Blu-rays that you get several years ago. Yeah. You don't actually remember where or when you got it, but you're just like, oh, yeah. I guess I just have a Blu-ray copy of Van Wilder uh, freshman year. Right. It's the double the double pack. I, yeah. I don't remember when Blu-rays came out. This was like years ago. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, that was a fun game. Cool. Yeah, put everybody's profiles together. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so weird. I'm like, oh, we should, not we should have done it in characters. Oh, that? that's so true. <laughs> yes, I might just make your characters profiles. That's really fun. <laughs> I mean, Sai, you're more than welcome to make me a pro. I don't have like any dating profile thingy. Like I've never, never really. Yeah, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you should do that. Maybe you could set me up with a hinge profile. Oh my gosh, I would be honored. I'd also have to figure out how to use it, but I would be honored. (laughs) (laughs) Before we uh, sign off, uh, Mo Tahib, where can people see you besides Ted Lasso? What else do you have to to share? Um, I want to get there before Mo Mo gives off his like catalog of credits. Like, his genuine. (laughs) has been in like so many different things so i was gonna like sneak in there really quickly um so ted lasso of course i play young lovely sam Obisanya, and uh anthony is a uh tv film that i did for bbc um that's uh yeah so anthony is that it's a bbc film it's a drama a semi-biopic and um the power which is a show that i'm doing at the moment which you can't see yet because it's not finished i'm currently in south africa hmm. Filming, filming that. Those are like the three main things. I guess Wes Anderson's next film when it comes out. Um, yeah, which I haven't seen yet, but you know, a very tiny part. Like you might, you might see me in that. And um, yeah, that's it. Nice. Uh, for me, I'm just uh, I'm gonna go film a movie in um, in November, but I'm not allowed to say what it is yet. So oh, mm. it is Star Wars, though. Yeah. No, no. 
then <laughs> they're <make> lightsabers. That's awesome. Yeah. Mo, right. where are you filming? In the States uh, or abroad? In Canada, actually. Cool. Oh, nice. Hey. Yeah, it'll be fun. Nice. Dope. Yeah. Uh, Tahib, to, to I, I have to throw my roommate under the bus because she has a massive crush on you. Oh, uh, is is there any chance that you could say hello to my roommate Heidi Rogers? Hello, Heidi Rogers. How are you? Um, you are super awesome, it seems, and I'm um, very lovely to be speaking to you, even though I'm not speaking to you. But hello, nonetheless. Also, what's your style? And um, do you like skydiving? <laughs> hey, what's up, Heidi? Hope you're good. This is nobody. Well, nobody asked you. Nobody. She didn't. <laughs> Gentlemen, if we're feeling like doing a quick cameo for people, I also have a coworker. Her name is Madeline McCabe. Big fan. If we could just say hi to Madeline McCabe, that'd be a thrill. Hey, Madeline. Madeline McCabe. Yeah, she is married, but you know, we're all just doing our best here. Hey, Madeline McCabe. What's up, Madeline? Wanted to say hello. Love you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Mo, I told Heidi that uh, you were going to be on the episode. She went, oh, the guy that plays Bumbercatch? Like, I'm super excited. <laughs> the other Mo. The other Mo. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, thank you both for coming on and spending so much time with us and going over this amazing episode. And thanks for all you do on the show. This oh, was a blast. Thank you so much for having us, man. This is like really awesome. Like genuinely one of like the best, you know, podcast experiences I've had. You guys are like really awesome, super easy to talk to. And um, and yeah, thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. Other Mo. And Mo Mo, we'll see you next week on the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the post game show. What did we miss? A couple things, uh, specifically song choices. Mm. Uh, in the oh, and also some conjecture that is blowing up on Ted Lasso fandom. Uh, but we'll talk about the songs first, and then I think we'll have a larger discussion about this big piece of conjecture. Mm. Uh, in the scene between Ted and Sharon in the hospital. Uh, Ted mentions that he watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy whenever he was in his early 30s, I believe, uh, back in the day. And the episode ends with the song Somewhere Only We Know by Keen, yeah. which was the unofficial love song of Dr. Meredith Grey and Dr. Shepard from Grey's Anatomy, oh, no. according to New York Times commenter Mary Lee, and just with my further research. Nice. So, so that's fun. I appreciated that for sure. Are you are you a big Grey's head? I was once upon a time. And yeah, John was like, Keen. I'm like, that is a staple for a romantic moment. Like That's, Grey's yeah. Anatomy really created like a soundtrack for for special moments between, you know, lovers or almost lovers. Um, so yeah, for me it was really memorable. And then uh also another song choice whenever during the famous hug. The song that is playing is George Harrison's Beware of Darkness. Mm. And considering that we just realized George Harrison died this year. Uh, it's, it's an added bit of poignancy by using, choosing to choose a, a George Harrison song yeah. at that moment in time. 
I thought that sounded familiar. I was like, which Beatles is this? I know this. Uh, guess what? It's the quiet what? one. Mm, my favorite. And finally, and I think we would be pelted with tomatoes if we did not talk about this. Folks, the doctor that is treating Dr. Sharon, the rumor is on the Ted Lasso spheres that that is Roy's sister. <gasps> Case, uh, the biggest uh, conjecture there being the quite thick eyebrows and the eye shape just kind of looks similar. Oh my. Didn't even think about that. Hmm. Well, I hope it comes true so I can get my 10 bonus points. Yeah. What do we think? Is it true? Is it not true? I could see that being true, but I wonder if they would even confirm it. Like if they would ever address it, but yeah, if if there's a need to, you know, but I like to imagine that it's her. Personally, I'm not a fan of it just because it makes the world that much Small. smaller. Yeah. I would prefer that it's just a doctor. But also, if it did turn out to be Roy's sister, I wouldn't be too upset. Yeah. It's not like the Star Wars prequels where you find out that everyone is related to someone. That's true. I thought she was a surgeon. Am I making that up? No, because in this episode, he mentions she's she's in the ER and she's taking like torches out of people's asses and stuff like that. Mm. All right. Have you ever had a torch up your ass, Johnny? Yeah. Yeah, who hasn't? Currently, we got one right now. Oh, gosh. You better take care of it. Light the torch. <clears throat> I'm sorry. What? Phoebe's dad is a piece of shit, apparently. Yes, which uh, I think film crit Hulk uh, talked about Roy's father. I'm going to connect these dots. Uh, You have to remember the kind of childhood that Roy had. He was abandoned and surrounded by uh, shitty people having all kinds of bad dads in his life. And they left him both deeply scared and deeply scarred. Yeah. And perpetuating those toxic cycles, it would kind of make sense that Roy's sister might get with someone that is also a bad dad, Mm -hmm. which is unfortunate. Which I think brings even more gravity to Roy embracing jamie in in that moment yeah on on the first watch that phoebe storyline did not connect with me and it's only after reading the recaps and people going you you don't get it that's him getting activated to be a a bit more of a responsible authority figure that i was able to appreciate that storyline i like that she wants to be a veterinarian for wild animals and roy just doesn't understand that outstanding line what do you do treat them in the woods that's so fun um. Oh, at, at the match in the locker room after the game, I can't tell if I'm making this up, but it looks to me like the TV in the locker room is broken. Yes. Like, I'm, yeah, like Isaac threw another chair at a TV. Yeah. Probably after the loss. I think that's a fun little touch. Yeah. In that scene, in that scene also, I thought it was interesting that Nate and Ted were struggling with the whole Jamie and his father thing going on. And then even like Roy hugging Jamie, it seemed like Nate didn't know how to take that. And then that's when Ted kind of fled out of the locker room. Roy's action is just a direct refutation of that status quo that is set up in the beginning, which is don't, don't be in other men's lives. Mm -hmm. Don't that's their business. Don't insert them. Don't insert yourself. 
Yeah. And this season is really kind of challenging that notion of if you care about someone, you'll try and you'll you'll tell them and you will make those gestures. Yeah. And at the beginning of the episode, Roy is just if this was the Roy at the beginning of the episode, he wouldn't have hugged him. But because he's being more considerate about his own behavior towards Phoebe, he's looking at other relationships in his life and going, how can I provide what is not necessarily what I want, but what is best? Yep. Yeah, I think it starts maybe as like a, what should I do here as a leader? But as they're hugging, it kind of transitions into him just being a friend or being a being a positive figure. I love Colin choking twice in the locker room Ugh. when his spotters fail him twice. That's very fun. Uh, Hoosiers? Hoosiers references? Yeah, I saw people talking about that, but I don't, I, don't, I don't remember Hoosiers. I saw it as a kid. Do you know what they were talking about? Ah, oh, no. Sports movies are dumb. <laughs> uh, I remember being a good one. Also, Linda Holmes from NPR calls out the referee in the match is Mike Dean, who is very mm. much a real referee. Yeah. Nate's going to be a spokesperson for something. I wonder if that'll come up down the road. If that'll play into his storyline, that's probably going to have some falling from grace action. Probably. Um, I thought they really sold me on the, of the, the majesty of Wembley stadium, like that intro shot and then walking out in the yeah. music that got me. It worked. And I yeah. also didn't know that soccer pitches were different sizes. I didn't know that. No. The fuck? I mean, I still don't know anything about football. Yeah. I know I'm very a much bit. a Ted Lasso in that regard. I just know enough to play FIFA and that's it. Yeah. Sam's dad called to tell him that Serithium Oil was ordered to stop drilling in Nigeria. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Still wondering if there's going to be any, any like repercussions for all that going on. I I I feel like it, it's hanging in the air so much, and then they also just brought it up again. Um, that it has to, right? It, it certainly feels like it. Um, yeah, I I think Film Crit Hulk and his recaps every week, maybe not every week, but I think within the past two weeks, has, just keeps going. The show has earned our trust. Uh, they, they show that they don't leave things on that table. And I mean, just go back to, to keep going. This is a Jasonism of Sam taking Rebecca's coat. So it's, it's very clear that they're very tuned in. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's unsettling that it hasn't been addressed yet, but also just because it hasn't been addressed yet doesn't mean that it won't be addressed. Yeah, we shall see a lot of interesting things in the air. I mean, this season is just a different mode of storytelling. It's very expanded. I think it's a lot more serialized. And I think it was also Linda Holmes that talked about them drawing. I I really like this notion of drawing dotted lines Mm. to storylines. So it's not you don't necessarily see the direct connection, but just paint. If if you just go back to it and you engage with the text, you will start to see it become a little bit more of a dense, a, a more dense piece. Yep. 
all the clues were there? Yes, Queen. Last thing I want to mention is uh, Jamie's line of "What if? What if you only have textual chemistry?" I thought it was very funny. Oh, textual chemistry. chemistry. Yeah. Sai, yeah. uh, what do you think about textual chemistry? I think it matters. If you can understand someone's personality via text, you probably get them in person. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I think text is harder for sure. So if you got that. That's where I shine. Yeah, I mean, I guess it gives you like time to to think, which is nice. So you're able to do your best, but. Yeah. Yeah. I do my best. Sai, <laughs> uh, it really feels like Johnny's fishing for a compliment. I think you should really give him one so he feels good about himself. He's a good texter, everybody. <laughs> I mean, I got to say, like when we first started dating, it was mostly text. And I remember being concerned of like, will our sense of humors line up? And the fact that it did just via words and blue, you know, bubbles, like I thought that was a really good sign. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I got nothing else. I have nothing. Thank you so much for listening to LassoCast. Please take a second to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast app you're using. You can find us on Twitter and, and TikTok at LassoCast at the LassoCast on Instagram. You can email us, LassoCast at Gmail. You can go to LassoCast.com. And if you want to support us, we're LassoCast on Venmo. If you leave a little note, we'll read it on the show. Uh, LassoCast is produced by Saida Rhodes, edited by me, John, and the music is by MG Sound. Don't forget to check out the, the show notes for some fun links. And we really look forward to uh, to, to having you back next episode. Thank you.